Alright. everyone and welcome to this another exciting episode of the legion of myth live stream well that was long and drawn out wasn't it yeah i'm trying to yeah, try to like build the drama you got to build oh, the drama you got you got the drama up no That's problem right. and now my friends we are here together all of us oh they have someone by quick all right so we are your hosts Alex Garthon Marsh and Brett Heathen Dog Grissomer. That's right. How you doing, Heathen Dog? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Ah, uh, pretty good, I guess. Fresh Everything's... from your vacation. Fresh from the sunny shores of Florida. Argent Argentina. Argentina. Is where, is where you really were. The Appalachian. But if you want to go with the Florida cover, that's fine. As a matter of fact, uh, you'll be one of the last people to see Florida intact. Apparently. <laughs> apparently so. We got out of there right in time. But you know, we had to do what we had to do. Or perhaps we caused the storm with our secret death rays. Ooh. The least with weather manipulation machines up and running. Well, hidden not fully. somewhere in the Magic Kingdom. You'll never find it in time. <laughs> it's hidden underground with Walt Disney. <laughs> the robotic, cryogenically frozen, brain-powered robot of Walt Disney. Nice. Purchase Star Wars. Purchase it. <laughs> But, sir, it was ruined. Get it? <laughs> no, it'll be cheaper now. That was my plan. <laughs> Step one, buy the Muppets. Step two, get Yoda to tell Luca to ruin the films. Step three, buy it when it's cheap. That's what happened. Worked perfectly. Hey, the man plays the long game. Yep. <laughs> As all cryogenically <laughs> frozen brains do. Well, he has time. <laughs> yeah. They are building a whole Star Wars land now, though. Of course they are. They are. And who wouldn't? Well, I mean, well, people want to make money would do it. Yes. Because that is the most popular series of children's movies I can think of. <laughs> All right, now going on. Our study today, Heathen Dog's Heathen Dogma, going over a Call of Cthulhu RPG fundamentals with his favorite variant, Delta Green. Love it. Not to be accused of Soylent Green. No. Which not is even his a favorite bit. condiment. Well, maybe a little bit. Next well, after that okay, is Garthon's comic poll. Uh, we're going to talk about Batman, Spider-Man, Superman, all the mans, uh, and also a special bonus. So stay tuned for that at the end. Yes. And in the RNG, we're going to talk about Discworld and Star Trek II, the director's cut. Outstanding. Yes, it is outstanding. Why are we talking about that? You'll find out in RNG. Why are we talking about Discworld? You'll find out in RNG. RNG, duh. That's what it's for. And what is the disclaimer for? To make us feel good and safe. Exactly. It's like a warm hug to let you know that the opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization and any of their malfunctioning weather control devices. While we make it ever provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasion of foul or offensive language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. Because honestly, if they were working it. 
there wouldn't be hurricanes. Just, just such, at least not on us or anywhere we we're going to be casino. I have nothing against Florida, so I guess you know. Well, I do. I do. It's a it's a cesspool. It 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 really should be uh, leveled. Well, no, no. If I was going to level a place with a more. hurricane, it'd be Washington D.C. No, no. That'd be number one on the list. No. Yes. Florida really needs to be all wetlands to absorb these hurricanes, so so it, it doesn't that, get inland that, so far to, to kill good and decent folk. That, that wouldn't work anyway, yeah. because it was all wetlands at one time, and you know what? Hurricanes still killed a bunch, killed, knocked everything over. Well, it's just it's wetlands. Who cares? No one lives there, or no one important. Like if if you want to if you want to be a crazy Creole people live there. Crazy. <laughs> I thought they were more east. What they would be in Florida if it was all wetlands. Oh, well, fair. Then they could drive their big fan-powered boats and make etouffee. Which they are both want to do. Yeah, I like etouffee. And big fan-powered boats, those are kind of cool. They're and, really loud. You ever been in one? Super loud, yeah, man. You uh, have to wear the, the ear things. I've been next to one, not on one. But if you uh, want to follow us, you know, there's Twitch, there's YouTube, Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, at Legion Myth. You go uh, if you're friends on Discord. That's cool. Facebook Messenger, we will respond to that, and on our Steam group, you can check that out too. We'll talk about that more later, though. The audio version of this is available on SoundCloud through iTunes, Google Play Music, or find podcast aggregators everywhere. True. But let's get down to something a little more interesting. How to support Legion of Myth? Uh, you can support us through Twitch through Patreon at Patreon.com/LegionOfMyth, through a Streamlabs donation, uh, directly through PayPal, or by getting our gear, and which you, if you want to be cool, that's what you do. I'm just telling you, you know, the way to be cool is to have the most obscure gear on the playground. That's right. That way, that way, you can you can say that you liked it before it was cool. That's right. You want to yeah. be able to walk into the comic book store, scoff at the kids buying Spider Gwen, and say, "Please, <laughs> I have my Legion with T-shirt." You don't even know. As you purchase your obscure. I don't know, Dark Horse Comics. Yep. And talk about how you bought, you know, the first issue of The Walking Dead, which you really didn't, but you want to claim you did, but they can't call you on it anyway. No. Anyway, uh, you can get that at shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. I'm buying that Garth, that, color, that Garth on shirt, though, just so you know. The yellow one. You're going to buy it in yellow or salmon? Yellow. Okay. Heck good. yeah, man. <laughs> yellow sun yellow so I can power up like Superman there you go alright but now to power up yourselves like Superman to feel the terror of the universe flow through you and empowering you and destroying your sanity he knows Cthulhu explanation of ancient horror based on 5th edition chaosium rules thank you very much Garthon yes hello everyone uh, again we are another segment of Call of Cthulhu now we, we've gone through a whole bunch of stuff we're talking about magic we talked about mythos creatures We've talked about the rules. We talked about character creation. We've even gone through some combat. Uh, we, we've we've gone through some some spellcraft. Uh, actually, you know, all the roles associated with doing a spell in in the game, and we've covered all the all the basics. And now we're going to get into something a little different. Uh, Call of Cthulhu comes in a lot of different flavors. Uh, the the base book comes in 1890s, 1920s, 1940s, and they have they have established variants for 1990s as well which is which is all great now now even in seventh edition they have pulp cthulhu where uh where you can you can add the the air of a of a noir type uh type feel to your game which is great now my favorite is delta green delta green is set in the 1990s 
Uh, it is, uh, you are part of a, of a quote unquote military uh, government organization uh, fighting the fighting off the, the, the mythos. So it, what it does, uh, I'm, I'm going to get to that, but uh, I'm going to talk about the book first. I want to uh, say that if uh, I was fighting that thing on the cover, I'd be free, pretty freaked too. So yeah, the guys on the they have they have machine guns and guns, but they're still losing their minds, which is that's what happens. Yeah, that would do. do it to me. Yeah, I mean, and, un, unless you had the Hulk on your side, you're not you're gonna you're gonna pee your pants. That's how it's gonna work. But uh, this this was not made by Cassium. Cassium licensed this out to Pagan Publishing in '96, and I believe it came out late '96, early '97. And uh, it was extremely popular because it's really well written, and uh, all of all of the uh, the history, the backstory is woven into real events. So it, uh, if you look at something that like like the stock market crash or the Bay of Pigs disaster, you know, and no, no, the real reason is a mythos thing, you know, and they actually create create a, an alternate history where no behind the scenes there was a mythos thing that went had happened, and. Uh, uh, all of the all of the uh, soldiers, the Bay of Pigs. No, they they were slaughtered through a through a, a ritual spell to call some whatever. You know that's what really happened. But the government covered it up. You know stuff like that. They 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 weave that in the whole the mythos uh, history into real history, which is really really cool. And they did it really well. Uh, and the Delta Green gives a, a solution to the age old question. And this is this is the question. Let's see if you can properly answer it. Why would an an adjunct professor a lunch lady, a detective, a cheerleader, and a jock fight mythos creatures together. Uh, I would say normally because they have no other choice. Well, they're, I, they're I, the only ones left alive in the school. I, I would accept that. I also accept uh, a la Saw, like they, they wake up locked in a room like Saw or the Cube. Uh, but the real answer is they wouldn't Right. ever in real life. Uh, the the adjunct professor doesn't have tenure, and if the if the jock or the cheerleader dies, he's definitely going to jail. The the detective wouldn't let anyone in there because they're all really his responsibility. And if, if they get killed, he's the one who's going to lose his job. His wife's going to leave him, and he's never going to see yeah, his kids again. I mean, if he's a police detective, there's definitely culpability there. If he's yes. an independent private eye, it's like I don't even need any of this, and you walk out. Yeah. Yeah, so there's no reason for them to be together. Delta Green gives you a reason. You're part of a team that does this for a freaking living. This is your job. And you all, uh, the active agents in Delta Green are, all have the same thing in common. They all have federal arrest powers. They could be in the DEA, FBI, freaking Fish and Wildlife has arrest powers, believe it or not. But they, they, uh, they, all, they all fight uh, mythos creatures and people who like to summon mythos creatures that could actually work really well for Cthulhu campaign fish yeah, and wildlife I mean, I, no i was just fish thinking and fish and wildlife because you got like the fish people and stuff yeah the deep ones right yeah the deep ones yeah. like hold up what is it don't worry fish and wildlife <laughs> i got this <laughs> technically it's a fish it's, so i can shoot it's it. fish and wildlife <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of the best present day variants there i mean uh there's a lot of uh player made content for for 1990s and even 2000s uh, uh variants out there and they're they're good but this one is really flushed out really really well and all you need is this one book the main book and you can play a whole campaign on it very nice there is so much backstory written here that it's the, you can because there's multiple playthroughs in this thing. They have they have half a dozen other books. I have I have the next book, the next source book, in it called Countdown, because it you know it gives you gives you even more story options, which I want really really want. 
very nice creating the story but uh, if, if you want to take take a look at the books and uh and what what they are how to buy them you can go to uh www.delta-green.com and uh, that gives you a list of the books and some more uh uh, free ancillary stuff, uh, free downloadable character sheets specific for Delta Green operatives, stuff like that. It's good stuff. Did good you stuff. still purchase this on Amazon or something? Uh, I, it's out of print, I believe. The the the, the main the main books. Now they they have they have uh, uh, newer books that is kind of like a, a retooling, kind of like a second edition Delta Green type thing um, that you can probably get on Amazon and stuff like that. Yeah, but. it looks like they're actually like. Kindle editions available for most of the books. Good. Uh, you can buy the main book off Amazon used, but it's not cheap. Yeah. No, because you know anything out of print is just more expensive. Yeah, usually it's like, well, depending on its popularity. I'm assuming it's a popular book because it's still going like fifty books. Oh yeah, it, it won uh, the the main book and then the next book, uh, Countdown. It won half a dozen awards each. Yeah. So it's no joke. But now let's let's talk about Delta Green the group. Let's talk about them. Yes, uh, Delta Green uh, didn't become Delta Green right away. Uh, in 1928-29, the, the winter of 28 and 29, uh, was the was the Innsmouth raid. Now, what happened was uh, the Treasury Department went to went to this uh, little little town, Innsmouth. In uh, oh, it's like sixty to seventy-five um, bucks on eBay. Oh, good. That's great. Wow, that's a lot of money. Um, I got mine for fifteen because I bought it when it came out. So I don't. <laughs> I'd write, well, I'd bet if you walk into a local gaming store, if they had a copy, it'd probably be less. Or I. Or it could be more. Who knows? It's also entirely possible that some nefarious individual has posted it as a PDF file somewhere. Ooh, but we don't do that. That's we don't do that. Download. That's wrong to go to the internet oh. and look that up. Right. So anyway. Uh, uh, the, the 2728, sorry, a group of Treasury Treasury Department agents conducted an investigation of the population of a small Massachusetts town of Innsmouth. Now, the Treasury Department uh, re- reported their findings to President Calvin Coolidge, and uh, the, the report was, oh, my God, oh, my God, because uh, uh, because the, the, the residents of, of Innsmouth were deep ones. They were, they were fish people, half fish people, hybrids. Yep. And the Treasury Department would, what the F, man? You know why it's important? That's the Treasury Department, right? Why is that? Secret Service. There you go. And, uh, well, Coolidge went, okay, um, I'm, I've already done a couple of raids for quote-unquote reds in our own country, so we'll just, we'll just uh, do the same thing to these guys. And, they, and he called it, uh, they called it Project Covenant. Now, uh, uh, because of operational delays, they, the raid didn't happen until February uh, 1928, but uh, the Coast Guard was involved, the Secret Service was involved, the uh, the Treasury Department obviously was involved, the uh, Naval Intelligence was involved, and the Marine Corps were involved, and uh, they they ransacked this town, uh, took over t- around 200 uh, deep ones in in the custody, and uh, custody, yeah yeah they they killed a lot of them, but they they captured some too because because a lot of the naval intelligence guys no no just get some I want to see what makes these things tick. Well, just think if you could train a deep one to be on your side and you could like yeah. carry a bomb to the enemy ship. Yeah, exactly. That'd be great, but it didn't work out. Well, uh, President Coolidge got got pictures of the quote unquote curious condition of the town's population and <laughs> artifacts demonstrating a pagan religion amongst the townspeople were also presented. The the Office of Naval Intelligence didn't want to present its full report until it deciphered all these all these different things. Well, it took them um, it took them a year and some change 
to decipher all these artifacts and what they did and like like oh god the, these these things uh worship a god called dagon who's going to come from the sea and eat all the people that's not great we're against this yeah yeah as 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 a u.s navy we're, we're against such things well, that, once they finally me. had their full report, they gave it to the president. Only problem is this was a week after uh, the October 29 stock market crash. And uh, the president didn't want to deal with this crap, so he just kind of just pushed it aside. It's like, I don't want to deal with this now. Well, uh, the, uh, the Office of Naval Intelligence knew that this was too important to just push aside. So they, they created a project called Black Chamber. To, to handle this stuff, and they did. Well, after a while, Black Chamber was was uh, uh, absorbed into P Division, which was, uh, the full title is Parapsychology, Paranormal, and Psychic Phenomenon Division. They were, they, were, uh, they were created to find out why Hitler was so, so like, jazzed about occult crap. Which makes sense why? for this, unlike the real world excuse, which was, he's freaking crazy. Yeah, yeah. They were like, "Why is that?" Well, because he was he was trying to gather up uh, mythos artifacts to help him win the war and all kinds of stuff. There's all kind of cool stuff that Hitler did. Uh, you, yeah, you you thought the Red Skull was nutters? No, no. They had they had an entire zombie. That's a division. sentence that really you don't want taken out of context. What? There's all sorts of cool stuff Hitler did. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> well, cool. Cool. If you're if you're a dark wizard or a necromancer, I guess. Well, he believed. <laughs> well, cool. I mean, I like the cut of that guy's jib. <laughs> uh, I mean, in real life, uh, he was very much into that, mainly for the power that being able to connect to these ancient myths had psychologically. Yeah. You know. But in in the book, it was actual power. Right. It was real. Well, hey, real if you got some of that too power. along the way, you know. Yes. And then after after P division, it was absorbed into the OSS, which uh, which is the precursor of the CIA. Now, uh, around what 1942, when this happened, uh, anyone who who encountered a uh, a mythos event and lived got a green delta sticker attached to their to their permanent file. And this 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 told the OSS that these guys can at least handle themselves and not lose their marbles when when confronted with otherworldly horror. So, you know, they, they were recruited to a, a special black ops team, and they, the, uh, the real name wasn't Delta Green, but be, because of the green deltas in their file, it was known as Delta Green. Everyone knows Delta Green. Uh, only, only, a, only like a dozen people knew what those green deltas were, Everyone else is like, "What's this? What's this sticker for?" Like, I don't know. Just, just no, put don't it worry on. about it. They, yeah, they don't, don't have to fill out a report. Just don't yeah, worry about I don't, it. I don't know. Whatever. And then everything went went really well uh, from 1942 on until the present day. No, just kidding. Oh, great. <laughs> some some mistakes were obviously made. Uh, one of them was in 1969. Uh, this is when it all started falling apart. Or is that? There you go. Uh, in November of 1969, a Marine colonel with Delta Green clearance, not not a leader in Delta Green. He's the guy who, who just had a sticker in his file, uh, saw that uh, that there's these uh, these uh, cult worshippers in Cambodia were, were gathering all the nearby villages to sacrifice to their god to, to bring her to this plane of existence and take over the world. He thought this was a bad idea, right? Yeah, I'm kind of okay with that, yeah. Yeah, but I, he I agree. on his own, with, without contacting proper authorities to, to go through the chain, he, uh, he mustered, he mustered uh, 
an entire division, I think, of or more of uh, of troops to to ransack this place. Well, they had uh, he didn't do the proper intelligence gathering, and they had super super wizards on their side, and over three hundred servicemen died in that campaign. The people who lived, which were very few, when they got back, they killed the colonel. Wow. In his own office. Wasn't probably, pretty. Probably because they were all nutters. Yeah. The, the, the survivors were a little unhinged from what the things they saw. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. So uh, around the same time, there was a bunch of other other crap that was going on. Uh, the 1968 Tet Offensive was a was just a just a poop show. Uh, the the Mylai massacre was crap. Uh, secret bombings in Laos. The revelations of that came out. So with all this going on, the government was like, you know, we can't we can't really properly investigate this. We're just going to blame it all on Delta Green and have the whole thing folded up. So Delta Green was officially disbanded. All the little stickers were taken out of people's files, just kind of ripped out, and that was supposed to be it. That wasn't it because it wasn't it. Well, of course, it wasn't 19- it. Of course, it wasn't it. In the summer of 1970, uh, the former leaders of Delta Green, uh, between six and 12 of them, got got together and said, listen, there's lots of stuff that we have to do. I mean, this has to get done. The, the normal government can't handle this. Only only we have the experience and the knowledge to do this. So they, they uh, created Delta Green as a covert conspiracy inside the government. Now, oh, what right. they did was... Yeah, what, uh, what, what it was, was uh, these people all had real government jobs. You know, they were all in the military, in the CIA, in the DEA, in the FBI already. So they used their pull to uh, force investigations with a Delta Green member embedded on things they suspected were mythos events. All right. To root, to root it out everything and, and burn it all to the ground. Now, their, their whole thing was, this is what they did. They investigated the event. If it was a mythos event, the, the Delta Green operation operational code was to kill everyone, burn it all to the ground, erase all evidence, and that's it. It's that's effective, if a little overboard. Yeah, and a lot of people died because uh, if they had taken the time to, to study the methods and methodology of their assailants and uh, after-action reports were, were given to some kind of centralized area, then the next team that faced something similar would have less fatalities very true because they would they'd know the score going in well after a while of just just delta green get, getting murdered 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 from from lousy intelligence from haphazard tactics in 94 it was reorganized into a classic cell conspiracy a la french french resistance in world war ii and even before then uh the rev uh, the american revolution had a had a had the first instance uh, something about ranger uh rogers rangers that's right mm-hmm and uh, which uh, his, his 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 a variant of Rogers guidebook is still used by the U.S. Army Rangers today for uh, for guerrilla tactics in uh, in uh, in enemy territory. But there was it was reorganized in this classic cell. Now uh, the way Delta Green now works is there are twenty six Delta Green cells, one for each letter of the alphabet. Each cell has three Delta Green operatives. So there are seven, what seventy eight? Twenty six times three is seventy eight, right? Yeah, seventy eight. Uh, operatives, uh, actual Delta Green agents at in play at any given time from cell A to cell Z. All right. Now, all of them have one thing in common. They're in a federal organization that has that has arrest powers, that has the ability to to detain and arrest citizens. 
Okay, this is this is uh, necessary for their work. It's necessary for for uh, for what what they need to do and to have the, the proper clout and authority to get it done. Uh, each, like I said, each cell has, has, has three members. Each uh, each cell knows each other by their code names, and maybe their real names and jobs because that just happens every once in a while. Because you know, you're working you're working so close together, people are going to learn your name. That, that's fine as long as it's in the group. There's one cell leader and then and then two other two other cell uh, cell members. The cell leader knows knows the number and code name for the cell leader one above him in the alphabet and one below. The other two don't know any other contact information at all. That's how cells work. Exactly. Now, each cell leader also knows uh, a way to contact, to get information to and get information from cell A. Cell A is the head cell, all right? Cell B does not have the contact information for the leader of cell A, which is called, uh, he's codenamed Alphonse. Oh, all the, all their code names are start with the letter of whatever. Which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so cell A is the is the intelligence uh, gathering point. All of the other cells uh, give give their after mission reports to cell A. Cell A creates the database that that everyone else can pull from to get information about about a job. So if they're if they're facing deep ones, cell A would have all that information back to and including the Innsmouth the Innsmouth raid. Oh, that's nice. Of every single instance of of, of uh, Delta Green uh, going up against Deep Ones or their or their kind. So uh, the uh, the survivability of Delta Green members shot up tremendously because they had more knowledge about what they were doing and how to go about it. And it was no longer uh, slash and burn tactics. They they were sure they would kill everyone, but all of the artifacts and all the computers, all the laptops, all the notes, all the books would be boxed up and shipped ship to a secret location where cell a would get it study it and put it in the database sounds useful sounds like well, a nice way to do things yeah yeah uh there are four classifications for people in and around delta green there are agents there are 78 like i said 78 uh, mm -hmm. active agents there are friendlies these are uh people that the agents have leaned on in the past for help or information they don't know necessarily about delta green they just know that that the that maybe they are helping that, out the uh, local sheriff or yeah yeah the local park ranger yeah the, the, these are people who have been useful in the past may or may not know ab about the mythos but and may or may not may or may not know that that the the person that their their the Delta Green contact is is a secret organization like a black ops thing whatever it just maybe thinks he's just regular FBI or DEA or whatever that likes kooky strange cases maybe I don't know. But th these are people who have been useful in the past. They they have in some way been uh, been faced with uh, with mythos either directly or indirectly, and they they still held their held their water. So they're useful. Then there's informal. The, the, these are informal Delta, Delta Green members who are uh, not really agents, but know a lot about Delta Green. The, the best example is retired agents, and there are not a lot of those. Okay, uh, if if you if you retire from or are fired from your uh, from your respective agency, well, you're no longer useful to Delta Green, right. and you are you are turned into an informal asset. Makes sense. Where cause... your knowledge in the future may be useful, but as a field agent, you're just not useful. Right, and the day-to-day -day operations as a as a field operative, you're no longer you're no longer useful. So, like, and then then there's uh, anyone who's called bad news. These are people who have been fired for Delta Green for cause. The, the, these are these are people who uh, 
um, who uh, abused their powers or went to the dark side. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you know, Anakin Skywalkers of Delta Green. You know, Fair they, they 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 decided to oh no, I I can fight fire with fire, and then learned learned a bunch of mythos spells that went cuckoo bananas. Time to summon the dimensional shambler, guys. This will work out. This will work out great for us. And no, they they had to be let go, and they escaped without being uh, properly retired, which is usually shot Killed, in the face, yeah. shot in the head. Yeah, yeah. Now uh, the Alphonse's axiom for agents. This is this is uh, this is found at the Delta Green website. Uh, the exact link will be in the credits, so don't worry. But uh, there are 44 axioms for agents. I'm not going to go through all of them, obviously. I'm just going to go through some some neat ones. Uh, number one, uh, the first commandment is thou shalt not get caught. Wow. You do not have a get-out-of-jail-free card. You do not have a license to kill. To the world outside Delta Green, you are a criminal, a terrorist, and a traitor. If you are arrested, you will keep quiet, say nothing, and take what's coming. Getting you out of custody is not A-Cell's problem, unless A-Cell needs you for something. Fair enough. Yep. Uh, another one here is number 18. No, I'm sorry. 17. This is a good one. Give no fair warning. Surprise is the only advantage you have. Taking live prisoners usually carries more operational hazards than benefits. <laughs> well, the kind of threats they're dealing with, hell yeah. Yeah, you just you just kill them first, and then and then and then and you, you you pack up their laptops and computers and notes, and that's fine. Cell A likes that a lot. Don't right. worry about it. You're kill them, throw holy water on them, and walk out. There you go. Burn them. Burn them if you have to. If, you know. Oh, there's another one here. If. Uh, where is it? That was good. Uh, don't don't wait for the whites of their eyes. Yeah. You want to know if bullets don't work when you have enough time and distance to break contact. <laughs> Which is smart. <laughs> if you're shooting a monster and you wait until it gets closer so you have a really good shot and you find out that bullets bounce off of it, well, you're, yeah, you're it's too, too late to now. run probably. Yeah, it's too late to run. The, the tentacles are going to get you. If you start out far away and find out that bullets don't work, you can retreat and bring a flamethrower next time or acid or whatever <laughs> you have you have time to get out and this this will be good too uh never search an occupied structure if you are entering an occupied structure it's called an assault dress accordingly that that means you're you're not you're not going in with a handgun and a knife to a structure that's occupied you're going in in full riot gear with machine guns and bombs yep that's you're you you're you're gonna you're gonna search with uh, with the bombs first, Use and the then, entry then you're, they're all dead. Yeah. Uh, cell phones are tracked by employers and family alike. Make sure your personal cell phone is wherever your cover story says you're supposed to be. That makes sense. Yes, and this is the last one. Uh, where is it? Da, 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 da. Uh, crap. That says not all the axiom. No, no, no. I, I'm having trouble finding it. There's 44, I'm telling you. It's a lot. Are they in a list? Yes, it's a list. Okay. Don't ever go into any place if you don't know how to get out. This includes buildings, neighborhoods, cities, states, and countries. Always work backward. Establish your line of retreat first. That's just that's just military tactics right there. You don't yeah, never that... go into anywhere without knowing how to get out first. That's right. Anyway, uh, there's 44 of them. I, I recommend you go you go and check it out because uh, it's a really good read. Plus, uh, uh, it has a lot, like I said, a, a lot of free stuff on that website. Uh, free character sheets, free uh, scenarios, free equipment guides, stuff like that. It's 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 pretty cool. Now, let's see how it works. Now, you all remember uh, Matthew, right? 
everybody remembers Matthew. Matthew, Matthew uh, has last, problems. Matthew has issues. Um, Matthew, uh, let's see, where is he? There he is. Hi, Matthew. Matthew sacrificed his mother to uh, for the to, to old, keep the curse off his family. Yeah, to an old one to keep a to keep a curse off his family and keep his family rich. Now his mother's dead, and his sister, who saw this otherworldly thing, went completely nut, bat crazy, nutters insane. And uh, now the cops are here, and he has to explain what happened. Now he cleaned up everything. He says his mother is missing. That's what I'd go with. He got rid of the body, but he has to explain his sister's nutterness. Well, he tries, and well, wait, for the most part, the, if the this detectives is happening go, in like the 1950s, just you know, wink and say woman problems. Yeah, exactly. But that is not the 1950s. No, it's, so. no, it's not. Sorry. But the well, unlucky for Matthew, uh, one of the one of the cops who was assigned to the case is a is a Delta Green friendly. Oh. And he, he, he calls, hey, I got this case for you. It's it's a strange one. I, I know you like those. And he gave him the file, gave him a copy of the file. Well, uh, H cell, which is this this cell, uh, let's say that his contact was Herbert. Uh, he investigates this, uh, you know, the Matthews, you know, supposed problem. And he rolls uh, his investigation skill. Let's say he's, he's pretty good. He's got a 65%. He investigates. Ah, eight. Yeah, he, he senses something fishy, and he, he believes it's it's mythos-related. Because uh, at the time that, that Matthew's mother disappeared, uh, it was a solstice, it was a blood moon, it was all this stuff that, that it just, just spells out magic. All right? So uh, uh, he determines that threat is real. He kicks up the file and his findings up to cell A. Cell A does, uh, does their homework, uh, you know, they they have they have the whole uh, the whole database. So they say, okay, in the solstice, the blood moon, what 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 kind of spells can be done here? They narrow the list down to a half dozen, and uh, they say, okay, uh, uh, cell A says, okay, you go ahead and, and run with this cell H. Go ahead and investigate this fully. Uh, Delta Green assigns a friendly to Matthew's sister's care. Uh, Matthew's sister is manipulated into a fifty-one fifty by Delta Green's. Uh, friendly who is a psych psychoanalyst or whatever uh, psychiatrist whatever and uh, put into his care now uh, let, let's see let's see if, if this psychologist can properly do that 14 oh, we're all really well for delta green today yes he can he, he gets her he gets her uh committed involuntarily and he is he's made her her doctor on record well, Matthew doesn't know anything about Delta Green, but he's, he's starting to sense that something is wrong, like he's being targeted. Now, he's never done stuff like this before, so so his counter-investigation would be very low. I'm going to say he's got a 15% chance to figure out that that's that there's a government agency actually after him. 19. Ooh, he was close, but he didn't make it. So he's pretty oblivious. He, he just thinks that, oh, crap, my, my lie might get unraveled because, because Jenny is crazy, and she could literally say anything and... You know, but that's cool because she's crazy. No one will believe her. That's well, shouldn't fine. the spell on his fa the spell also like help him? It, it uh, his his all of his his spell was very specific. All of his business ventures. Oh, okay. And money and and power, not like uh, uh, can't murders be, become still be taken out from you know. Yeah, yeah, he, he can still be arrested and and, and lose everything because of that. No, 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 no. He won't lose that. He won't lose his business or his money. Okay. The the the, the magic will keep that intact. There are plenty of white collar criminals in jail who are still filthy rich uh, when they get out. 
it happens all the time. No one's going to bat an eye. Well, anyway, uh, Delta Green agents, uh, police and DEA, execute a search warrant for probable drugs based on sister's condition. Now, the Delta sense. Green friendly uh, wrote up in, in his in his official his official report to the judge that he believes that she is she suffered an extreme uh, overdose of a mind altering substance that permanently damaged her brain. And it, it likely from from uh, from interviewing her, it likely happened at her residence. A mixture of well, LSD and PCP known as dragon tears. Yeah, whatever. Something like that. And uh, the 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 Delta Green uh, police or DEA agent was like, oh, well, if it's if, if she had that much, they could be making it in that place. The judge's like, well, we can't have that. Oh, rubber stamp this warrant. So then they go in and search. The agents, uh, they find the basement cleaned and that book nowhere to be found. But they know what to, the, the, the Delta Green agent on the scene knows what to look for because he has information from cell A. So he starts investigating for uh, remnants of incense, uh, blood in, inside the drains, you know, stuff that the real DEA is not looking for because they're looking for drugs, not evidence of a murder ritual. So... Uh, he rolls his investigation again, which I said before was 65, and he gets an odd six. God dang it. Okay, he finds everything. He, he finds he finds uh, um, some valerian root burn that was used in the in the in the ritual. He finds blood. Finds in internet the... web searches for how to commit a ritual. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Luckily, all that was in the book. So he doesn't, he doesn't have an internet trail. But he finds enough evidence to conclude that, yes, a ritual sacrifice did happen here. It probably the mother. It was probably done by Matthew, and the sister saw it, which is why she went cuckoo bananas. All right? Now, based on that, uh, Delta Green places the family under surveillance because they want to find out how he knew how to do this. They want Basically, they don't know they're looking for a book, but they want to find something like a book. You know, how, who taught him how to do this? He, uh, uh, Matthew's either going to lead them to the person that did or the book that he got the information from. And once Delta Green has that information, then they strike. They'll probably kill Matthew, take the book, ship it to cell A, and uh, make sure that, that, that Matthew's family fortune takes care of the girl. She gets treatment, which she probably won't recover because she was reduced to like negative 500 sanity or some other nonsense. But... Uh, Make, make sure she won't hurt anyone. And uh, with that, his family may actually die out if his, if his sister doesn't doesn't get pregnant by a, a dirty late-night sneaky orderly, which happens in Call of Cthulhu games a lot. So that could definitely happen. It'd be very sad. But it's, a, it's sad, yeah. But if the next generation never happens, then the bad effects of the spell won't happen either because there'll be no one for the bad effects of the spell to happen too. That's true. Unless the spell is self-propagating that it makes sure to create more offspring. Maybe. But anyway, that that is uh, that is an initial Delta Green investigation. Now, uh, this obviously would go over uh, two or maybe even three game sessions, the initial investigation. And uh, then there would be time skips. You know, there'd be like a week, a month, whatever that uh, that Matthew's under surveillance until until they get a hit on on uh, where the book is or that there is a book because he's going to visit it. You know, I mean, if, if he feels like there's someone breathing down his neck, especially after the raid in the house, right, right. he's going to go to make sure the book is secure. Delta Green's going to follow him, shoot him in the brain, take the book, get it out of there, and finish the mission. So it'll be a bloody end to Matthew's recently bloody life. Yes, unless Matthew gets state-of-the-art security. Which he which might. He, 
which he will because he he now believes he's being targeted. And his father was was I thought still he failed the role, so he him. didn't believe that. Uh, yeah, he he believed that that there was people or group of people after the book, so he put the book in a secure location. Oh, okay, that's different. It. Yeah. Now, now he he believes now that these people are manipulating the authorities into doing their their work for them. I can definitely understand him having enough sense of paranoia to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, especially after murdering his mom. Yeah, you know, get the high tech security and the hired goons. Yeah. So, so he's he's gonna hire. He's he's rich and he's perpetually rich thanks to the spell. So he he's going to hire top notch private security, like ex black ops people. You know. So you notice that throughout your explanations of Matthew's life, he's gone from victim to uh, you know, uh, villain. villain to villain. crime boss. Yes. He's yes. gone to the uh, to the oh no this poor guy to well here's the plot of our new story. Yep. We have to take him down. Exactly. He started off as the as the main character in the story, and then he turned into the main bad guy in a new story. And it nice. happened all throughout the weeks we've been doing this. It's great. I love it. But anyway, that is uh, that is Heathen Dogs Call of Cthulhu explanation of ancient horror based on 5th edition cast rooms. Thank you very much for uh, for listening. I appreciate it. That was an excellent explanation. Wow, cool. And if you want more, I mean, definitely that's the kind of campaign that is probably more interesting to most people actually playing characters who can do something like if it comes down yes. to a fight with evil you don't go i get my baseball bat oh i'm too crazy to use it no. but you actually yeah. start no. every single character that plays in delta green can fire a gun legally and well they've been trained you know there, there's no there's no uh, lunch lady or cheerleader or whatever being like a freaking millstone right on the entire group nothing like that everyone can hold their own which is always nice yes Unless, of course, someone is playing, you know, uh, one of those classes that's useless anyway. Like the rocker boy, you know. There are no rockers. I know, in, different in system. Green. There are none. <laughs> no rockers in Delta Green. No Stay rockers out. in Delta Green. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you very much. If you want more Heathen Dog, and I know you do, you can check out Heathen Dog's Heathen Dogma anime and RPG segments, and also his team-ups with some other guy of <laughs> the Star Trek Online Foundry missions. You can check those out on YouTube. Uh, look oh, at oh board. and... Uh, uh, quick note tuesday wednesday thursday and friday we have the four-part uh worst mission ever oh lord help us and that's when it's coming out uh go ahead and check it out if you want uh this this mission i actually bail out it is so bad heathen dog uh, could not take the sanity loss and i left the game he had to leave i did true story i i was able to buck through it Uh, he, he took all those bullets after that all by himself. Oh and there God. were many. What was it in Darkest Dungeon where your character wasn't health damage, but it was like sanity damage or something? Yeah, it was uh, in, in, in Darkest Dungeon, you took uh, uh, you took physical damage, obviously, from attacks. But you also, you also uh, what was it called? Oh, it, was, it wasn't, they didn't call it sanity. Panic or something. Something, anyway, yeah, yeah. But I lost uh, it. Where... I was tested and I managed to come through. Stress. He did. He did. Duncan Ohio says stress. Stress. There you go. Thank you, Duncan Ohio. Stress. Yes, yeah, you, I you took take the stress. stress. Yeah. I was tested, but I was able to pull through. But uh, I'll never play that game again because it cheats. And uh, Duncan Ohio actually guessed the name of the mission we're talking about because he recommended it to us, and so we can yes. blame him. And so we hate you. We hate you, Duncan. <laughs> he did say, if you, you want it, I found the new worst mission on the Foundry. He did tell us that. Yeah, but he didn't. he didn't tell us that it would hurt us to the core. To the very core of my being. I have not logged into Star Trek Online since since recording that. He mess. had to show a doctor on a doll where the game touched him. That's how bad it was. It was really, really tragic. 
and I'm not playing Observer anymore either because that game hates me. Uh, I'm at the spot where I have to go through this doorway, but whenever I go through the doorway, I fall out of the world. Well, Duncan Iho said, I reviewed, I, I see you reviewed part one, I reckon part eight. We couldn't find part eight, Duncan. Oh, there were no other parts. It was just only part one when we looked it up. Cold Blue Space, and it only came up with part one. Yep. And it made us very sad. It made it's us very hurt, sad. Uh, deeply from so many ways. Yes. So many ways. Currently, I'm, I'm streaming Monday, Monday and Thursday, not Friday. Monday and Thursday. I didn't make the slide. I know. Uh, Max Liao did. He, he well, did you it. could have fixed uh, it. You were there. Amnesia Dark Descent. This was a gift from uh, from a, a stream viewer, a Baldahar. Thank you very much. Thank you, Baldahar. Yeah, he, he gifted me uh, Dark Descent, so I'm playing it. And it is a, it is a, a, a walking simulator puzzle. Uh, it also deals with uh, sanity, which is great. If, if you... Uh, if you if you go too insane, you pass out, and and uh, if the the more the more stressed you get, uh, your your visuals actually start getting wavy, your heart rate starts going up, so the so everything goes a little blurry because your blood pressure is too high. So it's it's pretty cool the effect. I mean, you have to stay in light to to keep to keep your stress level down, and uh, they, of course they have lights that that run out. Obviously, you have an oil lantern and uh, torches you can't bring with you, T- tinder boxes that that run out and stuff. So the mechanics are really cool, and the puzzles haven't so far haven't been too hard, which I like. That's good. That's good. Ah, uh, but oh, and now now it's time. Now it's time. It is time, time for... to take my shot. Buffalo Trace, which which Garthon told me that Trace might mean buffalo feces. Yep. I don't know. We'll find out. In medical terms, trace is sometimes used for feces, yes. Okay, then cheers. <laughs> well, it, uh, what is that supposed to be? This is straight bourbon whiskey. Ah, all right. And uh, yes, it is. A uh, little more burn. Than, uh, than than other whiskeys I've I've had like a uh, you know Jameson or uh, um, some of the some of the older stuff. Uh, Jack. No 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 smokiness like like Johnny Walker has. So you're talking uh, about you're talking about top shelf whiskeys. You guys talk more about like the Yukon Jack. Yeah. Okay. Level. Uh, uh, I would say this is similar to uh, Wild Turkey. All right. That's that's Great. a mid shelf level. That's a good one. <laughs> All right. Ah, but Duncan Iowa says that he, uh, that we should have looked under, instead of like in the, in the, on the under review part, the ones that need more reviews to get out there for Blue Space Part 8. And also that, uh, we should check out Parts 3 and 8. No, I'm not, I'm not touching anything by Galvatron ICU. Galvatron ICU, if you're listening to this right now, I freaking hate you. I hate you. Don't ever let me find out where you live. Don't I, ever let that happen. I don't hate him. I'm worried about him. I hate him. him. I hate I, him. I worry about him. Part three doesn't exist, he says. Well, you said three. Anyway, let's move on to something else. Something a little less Personal terrifying. Comic yes, Garthon's comic pull! Wait a minute. Duncan Tyler says parts two through, two through seven exploded during downtime, so they existed at one time. They did. I will agree he was an ambitious author. He was ambitious. Stop you know, it. Do you I don't know want to talk else? about it anymore. I want to talk about comic books. Do you know who else was ambitious? You're going to trigger me. Mussolini. I'm going to have a flashback. Let's talk about Batman number 30. 
written by Tom King, pencils by Clay Mann, inks by Seth Mann. I like to imagine that they're either brothers or are intimately connected in some way. Hmm. But I could deal with that. That's cool. Uh, Colors by Clayton Cowles. The cover, which you see here on the screen down there, is done by Tim Sale and Brennan Wagner. All right. This is a continuation of The War of Jokes and Riddles. It's actually called The Interlude of The War of Jokes and Riddles. Quick backstory of that. Joker has lost the ability to laugh at anything. He finds nothing funny anymore. And the Riddler has the brain hurts because, and is always sad because any riddle he sets out, Batman just looks at him and says, you know, tighten our belts. Tighten belt. The clue is hidden on Orion. What? How do you even... And meanwhile, the Joker's sad because every time Joker sets up a funny joke like uh, bathing someone in acid, Batman stops him. And he's just really sad about that. So they both think the only way to solve their problem is to kill Batman, which is pretty much Bill Murray's solution in Groundhog Day. Mm. I have to kill the Groundhog. So um, they both find out that each other is trying to kill Batman, and they both think, I can't let you kill Batman because I need to be the one to kill him or I'm always going to be sad. So they end up going to war against each other. They end up Basically, all of Batman's rogue gallery end up getting recruited by one side or the other. Um, one moment. Alex. So, with all that going on, uh, this part, uh, recently Bruce Wayne has actually like gotten the size to talk to each other because everyone's getting slaughtered. Like, their civilians are getting hurt really badly in the horrible gang war these guys are having against each other. But Batman has decided to ally with one of them in order to take out the other. And then at that point, he could say, okay, now I can just deal with you trying to kill me. He decided to ally with... The, and this deals with him allying with the Riddler and taking out Joker's forces. Um, which, honestly, if you're going to side with one of the with one of the two, Riddler's probably the one to go with. Because if Riddler says, I won't kill you until this is done... He'll probably wait till it's done to kill you. It might be like 0.01 seconds afterward, but he will. Whereas Joker might kill you right then just because he thought it would be funny. Anyway. But the interesting part of this issue is not so much that it's about um, Joker's forces getting taken out and, and finding out that Batman has allied with Riddler. The best part of the issue is that it focuses on one of the people who sided with Joker. And that person it focuses on is Kite Man. Who? Kite Man. All right. <laughs> if you want to talk C-list Batman villain, you're talking Kite Man. You want a picture of Kite Man in work? Right there. He has a kite. That's his big thing. He's with Man Bat there. Okay, yes. if, I, if I were Man Bat, I wouldn't be seen dead with Kite Man. At that point, he has no choice. But, Ugh. yeah, Kite Man, who is a joke and is a loser. Um, but what's, it's actually interesting because the whole thing's kind of from his perspective, and it keeps showing him teaming up with, like, Man Bat or uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum or, you know, all these other people. Uh Oh, actually, the best one is actually when he teams up with uh, Mr. Freeze. 
because um, he teams up with this guy for like two pages for whatever guy with like for like one or two pages, and then that person gets taken out, and Batman basically beats the or one of Joker's uh, Riddler's forces beats the snot out of them, beats up Kite Man, but part of the deal was for Batman team with Riddler is he they is none of Riddler or his forces can kill anyone. So, okay. even when they are the ones beating up Kite Man, they never kill him. They just beat the snot out of him. Like, my favorite one is when he teams up with Mr. Freeze. As you can see, he teams up. Kite Man flies Mr. Freeze along, so Mr. Freeze can shoot his rays, his freeze ray. And Mr. Freeze makes a genius comment to him about, I think your worries are unfounded. We are going to win. How does it go exactly? You were too, basically, Kite Man has, was telling him his worries. He says, you worry too much, my friend. My kited friend. War is a science. I have mastered science. Therefore, I have mastered war. At that point, a battering shatters his helmet. And he says, Oops. oh, I see. We're going to lose very badly. <laughs> uh, so, well, he has mastered the obvious. That's right. So... But, <laughs> So there are a lot of, like, there's page after page of Kite Man and this other, like, you know, more prominent villain teaming up and then just getting beat down at one part. And, but this whole time, Kite Man has this running dialogue going on, partly like when he was talking to his son. Part of what turned him into Kite Man is his son, his young son, talking to him and saying, I heard mommy talking to someone on the phone. She said you were a joke. Is that true? What's that mean, Daddy? Well, I guess, you know, and it's really, you get a lot of path. Tom King, who I like to be angry at for doing a lot of Batman navel-gazing, does a great job in helping you feel the pathos for Kite Man. He knows he's kind of a ridiculous villain. He was a dude who loved kites. Riddler actually killed his family, and that's why he teamed up with the Joker. Uh, he used his love of kites to create a supervillain suit. The original, like, pre-rebirth Kite Man used the kite to break into the skyscrapers. That makes sense, you know? Use the kite. You f there's no power. It's silent. You fly top of top of a rich guy's house, 30 floors up, go in the window, steal his stuff, fly out. Sure. Sounds great. Yeah. But in this, the Kite Man thing was kind of a reaction to... It was his hobby. He was an excellent you know, expert kite maker. Um, he always felt beat upon. His wife thought he was a joke. His son loved him. He loved his family. Uh, but Riddler killed his kid, so he joined forces with Joker to get revenge against Batman and Riddler. So, but throughout the story, he feels passive and going through his back, like remembering his conversation with his son, and him telling his son how people might laugh at you, you slip and fall, but you always get back up. I mean, do you want it? You don't stop getting back up when bad things happen because people will think you're a joke. Because that might prove them right. You keep getting up. You keep doing your best. And so it's really interesting all, all this stuff's going on where Joker keeps losing and losing and losing. And at the end, well, near the end, Joker's giving a speech in this big hall to everyone. And this, in the speech, he tells everyone, ah, oh, we're going to win because we're the best and we can't be defeated. Right, he's in this giant stadium. He says, and despite all odds, we have emerged victorious, triumphant. Do you hear? Do you understand what this means? What this means for you? All of you, all of this audience, you are triumphant. And then when you look, the only person in the giant stadium is Kite Man clapping. He's the last one left. Wow. The one who would, 
because he's the one who would never give up, who kept coming back. There's even, like, shortly after that, there's a scene of Batman pummeling Kite Man, just beating the snot out of him. And Kite Man keeps getting back up. He's like, stay down, Kite Man. Stay down, Kite Man. Bam, bam. Kite Man gets back up. Stay down, Kite Man. Bam, bam. That's like, please stay down. It's like, dang. Actually, Batman is like feeling sorry. For like, please, please let me stop hitting you. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually he ends, up, he ends up in jail. You know. He's up in jail. And he gets questioned by the Riddler, and he finally gives it to give up Joker's location. And that's when the issue ends. But I was actually very impressed how this issue was written in that previously, in a previous issue, I actually showed the guy becoming Kite Man. I thought this was a side thing. I had no idea it was going to turn into a whole issue Kite Man focused. Maybe I should have seen that coming. But it was done so well that I actually give a crap about Kite Man now. So thumbs up for that. Um... I thought the art in the whole book was stellar. Clay Mann and Seth Mann did a great job bringing the characters to life. Everything's on point. Scenes are easy to follow and understand. Uh, there's very brief fight scenes, but they work incredibly well conveying what's going on. Um, the colors uh, do a great job uh, between light and dark scenes, creating the mood, conveying what's going on. But while also where it's needed, creating a shroud of mystery through things. And he doesn't, uh, Clayton Callis, the colorist, does not go and try and do these weird psychedelic things or try and play with that kind of stuff. It's a straight-up coloring job. But he does exactly what you would expect a lighting guy to do in a movie. He draws your eye to where it needs to be drawn. And just beautiful work. This is a great issue of Batman. Uh, I've been really down to the Tom King story arc. Uh, this part's actually been pretty good. For, I hated Tom King's real story arc. This one's going a lot better. But this issue has been my favorite so far. It really has. Um, I'm going to give a four and a half out of five for this issue. Wow. Really loved it. Just a great issue all around. Art was great. Coloring was great. Writing was great. Loved the characters. Um, just beautiful. Um, there's there's some sadness, some dark moments. There's humor. There's some very dark humor where it needs to be. So, yeah, definitely. Batman number 30, four and a half stars. Highly recommended. Even if you aren't picking up other Batman issues, go ahead and get this one just because it's so entertaining. Highly, It's only three bucks. You can afford that. That's less than a latte. All right. No commentary? No, it sounds great. I mean... It is great. I mean, I, uh, they, they, I actually like... Uh, they do that a lot in uh, in, in cartoons. Like, uh, there'd be like a minor bad guy and they'll follow him around for a whole day. Right. And they give the perspective of the minor bad guy. And I love those. Yeah, and that's what this is, and it's incredibly well done. I was very happy. <laughs> it's more than a grande black coffee, says Duncan Hyde 11. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Actually, I wouldn't know. I have no clue what a coffee costs because I don't drink coffee. Neither do I. But I can tell you it is more than a, uh, a large fountain drink from Wawa. I'll give you that. Hmm. So, next up, Spider-Man issue 20, featuring my favorite thing in comics... A cover that does not happen anywhere even close to it in the book. Of course not. Yep. Yep. Someone really wanted to badly draw a cop with bulging biceps. Yeah, that person I am was... not a fan. I mean, his arms aren't the right proportion. Well, no, look at his back. Look at his right shoulder. Our left, his right. That doesn't yeah. attach correctly. No. It doesn't seem to, no. And and poor Miles Morales' face is 
very misshapen. I hope he's wearing like a plastic mask under his mask, so huh. maybe so he can breathe better, so it's not actually pressing on his face. Because otherwise, this is he has bad, some, this is a bad omen for this comic. Some issues. Anyway, Spider-Man issue twenty, written by Brian Michael Bendis, artist is Nico Leon, colors by Justin Ponser. The cover is done by someone not anywhere else in the book. I don't know how this guy got the cover gig. It must have been cheap. Hmm. Guessing. I would think you'd have your main artist do the cover just because he's drawing everything else. He might as well draw the cover, too. It's just one panel. It's a big panel. Oh, he's busy. I guess. But what the hell, Marvel? What the hell? I just really missed the days when the artist did the covers. It really made a big difference. Anyway. Ah, stock covers. I don't know what's gone. I don't know. It's bad art. It's not terrible. I'm saying, well, I could do so much better. I probably couldn't, but I could do just about as well. You know, this is like find a guy on Fiverr to draw you a Spider-Man cover. They might have done that. I don't know. That's that's entirely possible. That is entirely possible. Uh, if you are Patrick Brown, do better. That's all I'm saying. It's not terrible. Could be a bit, just could be a lot, lot better. It's more Ninja Turtles than Spider-Man. It, it is, and honestly. Uh, if you want to start nitpicking, the police should both be wearing bulletproof vests under their clothes, and they clearly are not. Yeah. Maybe they're not. But that's that's a little much. Yeah, you're right. That's a little nitpicky. It is. Anyway, why am I going to the next comic already? So know. written by uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis, excellent author, uh, yeah. artist Nicole Leon. The the interior art is so much better than the cover, just incredibly better, just leaps and bounds better, just why in God's name, uh, even just a simple panel like that. Right? Where he's walking around Tokyo. Yes, Tokyo. You know, wow. Art is so much better inside the book. Why would you put that on your cover when your interior art is so much better? Now, for Secret Empire, you had different cover artists because to, to hide the crap art inside the book. <laughs> that I understand. But why would you cover a good book with crap art? I do not know. Uh, they're not the first to do it, though. Anyway. All right, tell us about it. Uh, book starts in media res. I used to fancy term. Uh, basically means like in the action of Miles Morales as Spider-Man swinging through Tokyo. And you know that because it says Tokyo up top. Of course it is. Yeah, you know. Uh, getting a suit from a secret case, putting the suit on, then going to a swanky swanky restaurant where he meets someone, some hot Japanese lady called Tomo who, as I recall, was a villain from the She comic books. Um, but I suppose to- they don't have a limit on the term Tomo. Probably a Japanese myth. Anyway, main plot of the book actually revolves around what you get after like the meeting, like, oh, blah, 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 stuff going on. He meets this chick, and, it kind of, and then it kind of goes into how he got there. Miles Morales' life is upside down right now. There's been all this crazy stuff with the superhero Civil War, all the crazy stuff with the uh, him having secret, a temper problem. Yeah, the Secret Empire stuff going on. Um, his mom found out that him and his dad have been lying to her. He's forgiven him about his secret identity thing, but not his dad. Uh, he's back in school, um, and his roommate Gonky is trying like, "Hey, we got homework to do." He's like, "I don't like." Yeah, you do. We're in school. It's like, "Why would I do homework?" Well, that's what they do in school. And he just like, "I don't want to do it." I'm done with this. Hey, why am I even going to school? Why am I even going to, to, to college? Why? I'm a superhero. Superheroes don't need college. 
I mean, I don't. You don't go to get a degree in superheroing. I mean, what am I even doing? Tell that to Reed Richards, dummy. Like, Stay in hey, school. <laughs> Tony Stark has a degree. Yeah, he's probably got a couple. He, he does. He got him when he was like twelve. Yeah. But you know, he's not Tony Stark. Peter Parker has a degree, and student debt, yo, like a lot of it. <laughs> like a whole lot of it, yeah. And he probably paid it off when he was rich, I'd imagine. Oh yeah, yeah. I imagine that's the first thing he did, right? Or not. So yeah, he's he bad. might not have. Considering it's Peter Parker, he probably said, oh, cool, I don't have to worry about that now. And now, then, now that he's poor again, he's going to go, oh, the debt. I never paid it. It's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> that is something that a dumbass Peter Parker would do. Yeah. Yes, it is. Which is why, kind of like, one of the reasons you love and hate Peter Parker. Well, I do. Anywho. So basically, all this stuff's going on. And at some point, he's talking to his friend. And he's... It's actually like really good character development. Like, what am I even doing? And he decides that he that he wants to go to Tokyo. Why? Just to get away? They don't clearly explain it. I don't know why. But he says, you know where I want to be. Oh, yeah, Hong Kong. Fight and try it with Jackie Chan. Or Tokyo. Jackie Chan's not going to adopt you. Yeah, you don't know him. I don't remember him needing to go to Asia for any reason. I don't remember that happening at all. Maybe it's in another book. Maybe that happened in Champions. I don't know. But he decides he needs to go to Tokyo. To a train or something. Um, he has like 480 bucks set aside, which ain't gonna get him to Tokyo. Mm. And he's like, then his buddy's along. He's like, aren't you superhero? Just superhero your way there. Superheroes don't let 480 bucks get in their way of going to Tokyo. And so, so he ends up, you know, just you know, hanging on the side of an airplane to get there. Let's not get into how when the airplane flies up to 40,000 feet, he's going to die. Let's, let's not get into that. No, no. But that's what he did. Well, I suppose he'd just be really uncomfortable. And it's possible with the increased toughness and durability he's shown that it could be, he'd be okay. Just really uncomfortable. It doesn't show... Like, the scene that shows him, like, on the plane, it doesn't look like he's having a good time. He looks pretty freaking miserable, actually. If you could see that. He does not look happy with his life hanging on the side of an airplane. Very uncomfortable with that situation. Um, he was hanging on the side the whole time? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe he can hang on while asleep. Who knows? I'm not sure the extent of the powers. But once he gets to Tokyo, he's like hanging out, trying to figure out what to do with his life at that point. I think he's just kind of taking a sabbatical. Of course, ends up seeing some thugs uh, from the Green Goblin Gang, International Division, uh, picking out some girls so he gets in the way, beats the living hell out of them, but he still has a broken rib, so he kind of gets, you know, right he's about to finish trashing them. Because they are mildly superpowered. Um, his broken rib starts acting up. And they're like, haha, we got you. And that's when this chick Tobo shows up and uses, like, winds or something to, like, blow them all down. Then, like, she spits through one of their legs or something. I don't know. It looks like she spits through the guy's leg, which is a hell of a power. That's gross. It is gross. It's like right there. It looks like he she spits through his legs. Someday I'll get a scanner, so I can just scan this stuff. But, yeah, it looks like she's patooies through his leg. That's gross. Yes. It is gross. Maybe it's an ivy. I don't know. Maybe it's like a ninja dart she shoots from her mouth. I don't know. But it goes through the dude's leg. He's bleeding. And they run off. Because like, oh, Tobu, we didn't know it was you. We're sorry. We're sorry. And then she's like, I guess she's a crime syndicate boss for the way they're acting. And now he's like getting involved with her somehow. So, overall... It's a transitory book. They're, like, taking him in a new direction. 
like separated from all, all this mad bus stuff's going on. He's trying to escape from it. You know that when he comes back, it's all going to be gone to hell because he's not dealing with it, and that's usually a problem with the Spider-Man. Um, so it's interesting where it's going. The book is interesting to read. The art is great. Coloring is great. It does a great job presenting the characters. It's consistent. Um, the writing does a good job make you kind of understand like where his head's at and that he's he's a kid. You know, He's 19, 20 years old. He's really confused with everything going on right now. There's His life's kind of in a shambles, and his solution is, I just need to get the hell away from all this. Not the brightest solution, but you can believe it. And yeah, of course, we wanted to get away too. We went to the military. Oh well, yeah, there you go. and that worked because you know yeah. I, I was tired of people telling me what to do, so I joined the military. <laughs> that worked real well, real well. Uh, well, it got me used to people telling me what to do, so I guess that helped on. Yeah, yeah, cured, cured you of that mess. <laughs> cured you of that mess real quick. Uh, I got some snazzy green clothes and a haircut, and I was feeling yep. pretty good. Had a song about that I used to sing. Anyway. It was to the tune of mm, mm, mm. Uh, maybe someday when everyone's drunk, I'll regale you with it. Awesome. Yeah, not so much. Anyway, uh, I liked the book, but there's nothing to get too excited about with it. It's a lot of ooh, what about this? Ooh, what about this? it? Feels like a trailer to another comic, you know? Like, see what happens next. What's this? A strange femme fatale. Uh, so. Not much. A lot happens, but nothing happens at the same time. Right. It's all exposition. a lot is set up. Yeah, it's all exposition. This is yeah. the Spider-Man issue twenty, subtitled exposition. Uh, two and a half, average book. It's not bad. Okay. Three stars maybe. I like the art no, a lot. No. Do the average. It's, 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 it's just dead average. Uh, yeah. it's setting a bunch of stuff up. It's nothing to be excited about. If I was gonna tell someone to jump on the book, this is actually a good jumping on point. Because it's a clean break from what happened before. You're on the ground floor. you know, And it has been consistently a very good book. It is, to me, still the best Spider-Man book Marvel's putting out. Um, but this is just an average issue. Good jumping on point. It's not, cover sucks. Why? Yep. Why? 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 Alright, I'm done with that. Um, so that's it. So I 20, two and a half stars. Okay. Next, usually last, Superman, issue number 30, written by Keith Champagne. Uh, Why our, do you keep doing that? This is just fun. Um, or champagne. Okay, artist. Wow. Yeah. I don't know you who did what in this book. For this thing? I Come don't on. know who did what in the book. But when you look at the front of the book, it says artist Ed Baines, Tyler Kirkham, and Philip Tan. Colors, uh, Danae Ribeiro. Maybe he's related to Alfonso. Uh, Tomeo Mori and Sonny Go. Uh, cover by Doug Mackey with Jamie Mendoza and Will Quintana. Jeez. Yeah. That's so many people. You get a lot of names in one book. And that's not even talking about uh, letterers. You notice I never put the letters on there? I probably should, but it's not like they hand letter stuff anymore, right? They don't. They just, in a computer, tap, tap, tap. Mm. You know? Yeah. Anyway. Issue 30. Spider-Man. Uh, sorry, Superman. So, Superman, yeah. 
now does the cover have anything to do with the book whatsoever? Yes, quite a bit. All right. All right. In the last issue, Parallax, uh, the entity that is the representation of the yellow yeah. lantern's rings, the Sinestro ring, Fear, uh, that once corrupted Hal Jordan and made him destroy the universe, basically. Yeah, but he did it for a good cause. He was nuts at the time. That's that's not a great cause. <laughs> but eventually he ended up beating Parallax, becoming good. Well, he died, beat Parallax at the same time, I think. And then he came back as a good guy because of fan reaction. Mm-hmm. And then there's Rebirth and he's back. Anyway, doesn't matter. Last issue, Parallax took over Superman. Because Superman, because Parallax is like, cool, I'm going to have all these kids that I've controlled uh, kill each other right in front of you. Yay! And he goes, whoa, 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 okay, okay, don't do that. I'll let you take take control of me. His Superman thinking is, okay, I'll save these kids. He'll take control of me, and then I'll beat him out. Because I'm Superman. I'll generate a new power, and I'll beat Parallax inside my own head. Boom. Done. <laughs> that's what he does. Time for dessert. That's right. And I'll still make it home in time for Froyo. Um. <laughs> And if I don't, I'll just spin a, fly around the Earth until I go back in time, in time for oh, Froyo. That's right. That's right. Because in Superman 1, he's not turning the Earth backwards. He's going so fast, he goes back in time, and makes it looks like the Earth turns backward. Okay, guys? Don't say, he made the Earth turn backwards. No, he didn't. He went back in time. So that's what it looked like. All right? Except that explanation falls apart when... Uh... No, it doesn't. Yes, it does, because he spun around, the world started turning backward, he stopped, spun the other way, and the, to make the world start turning the right way again. Why That's because he, he went forward in time at an accelerated rate. But why? Now you're saying, why but, would he do that? No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, he had to fix the The reason he did first. that is not so he wouldn't have to deal with paradox. Oh, okay, okay, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they were really getting into that. They were. Trust me. It's, you, you trust me. Uh, Duck and I Eleven says uh, that by the way he posted some pics from Cold Blue Space Part Eight on Twitter. We'll see how SC10 compares. I don't care. <laughs> Cold Blue Space and Galvatron ICU can die in a fire. That's a little harsh. And, I would be happy. Anyway, in this issue, Parallax controls Superman. Parallax is then going to use Superman. But at the end of that issue, Sinestro shows up, smacks him, and says, Hey, I'm here for my freaking power, Parallax. You are mine. It's not along those lines. Um, so, this issue starts out with you know Parallax speaking through Superman, saying, Ah, oh, you can't take me, Sinestro. I am, I, you are my bitch. And Sinestro says, No, you are my bitch. Basically. Uh, they end up fighting as Superman starts choking per- uh, Sinestro out because he's Superman and he's fighting Sinestro. And Sinestro's tough. Don't get me wrong. Sinestro is tough, but he's not no Parallax plus Superman tough. No, no, he's not that. So he's choking him out and all of a sudden he gets teleported to Quard. Do you yeah, remember what Quard is? I cannot hear you if, if you do. The antimatter universe? Sort of. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Quard, isn't it? Q W O R D, right? A R D. Q W A R D. Okay. Got it. All right. So, 
Quard is a fictional world existing in an antimatter universe that's See? part of the DC Comics universe. Right. Yeah. Now the Warriors of Quard are super powerful, but like Spartan butt kickers, they uh, they look silly. But they have like they throw lightning bolts too. They throw lightning bolts that could hurt people and teleport people. So Sinestro has actually gone there, smacked them around, and made them his people. The plan was he would engage Parallax. The Quard people would then teleport them to Quard under their red sun uh, and trap Parallax in a place where he couldn't get away. And that works. Sounds legit. Because as soon as they appear. All the cord warriors start like just, you know, throwing a million uh, antimatter spears at him, and it knocks him out. At which point, it actually is pretty neat. They, uh, when Parallax slash Sumer wakes up, he's being suspended from the ceiling in some strange chamber, miles underground, full of crystals, and Sinestro and his people are there. And he's like, "All right, Parallax, you're gonna let go, of Superman." And you are going to be my power source for my ring again. You are going to be my servant like you're supposed to be. And Parallax is like, like hell I am. I got the Kryptonian. I'm going to beat the crap out of all of you. And he's like, nah, you're not. There's no yellow sun here. I wouldn't waste his power. He'll die. But we'll kill him if we have to. And uh, you'll still be ours. And you'll be weak. So you might as well jump out now. Uh, which turns into a bunch of like Parallax controlling his henchmen trying to beat him up. Superman event because of all the distraction of Parallax trying to control everyone to beat Sinestro, Superman's able to like to break control, finally come out. Uh, it, it's an interesting book. It's I love the art in it. Uh, they do a great job with that. Everything's clear. There's some weird action going on, but still easy to follow. Some nice camera angles and. There's actually an interesting part where Sinestro, to break Parallax out of Superman, says, okay, I have to understand what you're afraid of, what he's feeding on. And he actually goes into Superman's mind and starts seeing, there's a nice little splash page, all the things that terrify him. And it basically consists of, like, there's a tiny panel of him, like, being picked on at school for being a weirdo. Because he had to pretend he had no superpowers and couldn't play with anyone and all that kind of stuff. Part of it is, most of it is, you know, please save us. Superman can't save us. Oh, no, where we died because Superman couldn't save us type stuff because he couldn't get there in time. But at the end of it, the most important part is him not being a good father to his son, that he's worried his son is never there. Uh, like the part where uh, Malcolm, was, was it wasn't Malcolm Dark, the uh, the guy in all black, the British guy. Ah, I forget his name. The mentalist he just dealt with. Yeah, I understand about yeah, um, how he turned his son John evil, and John telling him, you're never there for me, you're always gone somewhere else. And him, that actually, like, really hurt him, because he knows it's kind of true. And so that, like, is part of the stuff he's really terrified of. And it's actually interesting to see that going on. But it's right after that that Parallax lets, lets loose a Superman and starts trying to get other people to try and... First he tries to trick Sinestro... Uh, by having other people come to him, uh, uh, Lissa Drack, his sidekick, like comes up and says, no, 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 don't hurt the Kryptonian. What you need to do is open yourself up to Parallax so you could control him. And then he's like, oh, Parallax controlled you that easily, Lissa. 
Really? Because you know that's what... No. And then, you know... Then, one of the worst of Quarren starts attacking him. And... Because Paralyx grabbed him. But when Sinestro's about to kill him, Serpent's able to intervene. So the Warrior Quarren lives from that. The, uh... But eventually, after Superman breaks free, um, Sinestro's getting pretty beat up by Parallax at this point. He actually grabs Sinestro's power ring, puts it on, gives a big speech about, you know what, you're weak, you're playing off my fear, and uh, what's the exact thing? A single shred of hope can hold all the fear in the universe at bay, and mine gives me the will to capture you. I know you're scared right now, Parallax, but you'll be in safe inside the ring, and I promise I won't let Sinestro use you again. I'm going to take you to Hal Jordan to deliver you to Mogo. The Green Lantern best to go to care for you there. You'll be safe. So, he still pulls off the Superman. He gets rid of Parallax. He beats Sinestro. He steals Sinestro's rings. He get, Parallax is out of him. Um, at that point, Sinestro's like, alright, I'm up now. Where's my ring? You better give it back, because listen, Drac, me and all these Wars of Quarter are going to beat, beat you up. He's like, I don't think these Wars of Quarter are on your side. I think they're bullied into working for you. He's like, well, you'll regret this, Superman. And then he, like, teleports away. Well, Alyssa Drac teleports them both away. And then the Wars of Quarter, like, kind of look at each other, and Superman gives a good speech about, you know, you guys are noble warriors. I I'm sorry for what Central might have done to bully you into working for him, but you could be better than that. You can do more. And, you know, gives him the big speech, like, yeah, we are good. He's like, yeah, if only you could, like, send me home, I'd appreciate that, you know. Uh, so that happens. But I liked the book. My explanation doesn't really do it justice. It's kind of like, oh, it's kind of stupid. But it actually was a fun read. Because I kind of wondered how they were going to get out of the whole Parallax inside Superman thing. I didn't think... It hadn't been built up as like a multi-story arc, which it could have been, you know? Probably would have been better if it was. I don't know. I'm happy it was over quick. Because I don't need to see Superman... After seeing 10 issues of Secret Empire of evil Captain America ruining the world, I don't need to see 10 issues of evil Superman ruining the galaxy. Fair. Really don't need it. So I'm glad this was over with pretty quickly. It was stayed for just the right amount of time. So Keith Champagne did a good job with that. The character stayed true. Um, Sinestro was a bit of a loser. A little bit. But he's a bad guy. Bad guys generally are losers. It's just how they are. Sorry. Um, kind of like Harley Quinn. Yeah. Super loser. Super loser. I'm really Multiple harsh on Harley Quinn. I'm very harsh on Harley Quinn. Don't feel bad about it. Harley Quinn deserves it. Anyway. Um, Not as much as Galvatron ICU deserves a dying <laughs> fire. Alright, so. Show me where the mission touched you. Um, <laughs> the mission touched me everywhere. <laughs> show me anyway, on, what, what, what's our surprise? Show me on the Ferengi with him. Anyway. Oh, um, no, wait, you didn't get the rating. I'm sorry. Yeah, I haven't got the rating yet. Um, I enjoyed the book. Not the best ever, but I, like I said, I, I lo the art was great, solid. It wasn't like the best art ever. Oh, my God. But the art was really good. I liked it. I mean, it beats the hell out of other artists I could name. Um, so I thought the artists did a great job. The colors do a great job. Everything's bright, um, easy to follow. Uh, great job with the lighting effects in there, with the Wars of Quarren and the Parallax jumping in and out of guys. Uh, really, really nice issue. Uh, I'll give it a 3 out of 5. It's above average. Yeah, Duncan, I was consistent with so many arts, there was consistent flow. Yeah, I, I couldn't really tell 
where one artist started and the other one right. began, it, ended, whatever. I really staring at it, I could kind of figure it out. But in general, no, they did a great job. I don't know if they were all like like if one was a penciler, one was an inker, and one was I don't know cleanup. I don't know. I, it just said artist. It didn't say what kind of artist they were, or if they're pencils or inks or what. I'm Got assuming it. one of them was a penciler and one or two were inkers, something like that. So overall, the book's pretty. The art was really consistent. The colors were consistent and great. And I enjoyed the books. I got three, maybe three and a half out of five. It, it cool. Didn't knock my socks off, but I really liked it. And that's Superman 30. Outstanding. All right. That's usually Garthas comic poll. We got three books, but one more book. Super bonus time. Super bonus time. Because I missed it when it came out. I was on vacation. Secret Empire number 10, written by Rick Spencer. I'm not going to talk about anyone else involved in this. Blame this guy for everything. It is bad. It is bad. It is so bad. And you called it weeks, months ago. You called this. Yeah, I said they're basically going to have Cubic, uh, Cubic of the Cosmic Cube, uh, get power, pop out, fix everything. And no, no, no. You were more specific. You were oh, more specific. Yeah. You actually called the, uh, the uh, Superman, what was it, Superman 3? Yeah. Where, where, the good where cap- he jumps out of his own body and good good Captain Mar- Captain America and bad Captain America fight. And it's exactly what happened. It is you exactly it and it happened. what happened. And the, before that happens, evil Captain America actually puts on green and gold Iron Man armor, which he's never wore in the entire time. Nope. Um, and the chest... Still with, with leather pouches, though. Yeah, because you got to have pouches. got to have leather pouches. It's and a, it's a, it's a high it's where he keeps his mints. Yeah. You can't be walking around giving big speeches with stinky breath. You gotta have mints. No. no. And maybe garlic, pain... garlic bread tastes too good. You can't stop eating. Maybe his pain rods in one of those. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, uh, pocket copy of the Hydra Constitution. Anyway, whatever. Whatever. Apparently, like he made, like Artem Zola made this armor for him based off Tony Stark's plans, and instead of being powered by, like, an arc reactor, it's powered by the cosmic cube. Let's get the whole cube. He puts it in this chest to power him. Well, it's all but a little shard. Yeah, all but a little tiny piece. And he's like, yes! You kind of, They're like, we'll take you anyway! And he's like, yeah, bring it. And so using the cosmic cube and his super iron evil hydra cap armor, he beats the snot out of everyone. Oh, everyone. it was easy. It wasn't, even, it wasn't even a thing. Right, it wasn't even a thing. No, he just said, okay, there. He just, you know, starts wasting them, you know. You know he goes Super Saiyan, beats the yep. snot of everyone. And then, uh, he, he remakes well, the world. He, well, not quite yet. At that oh, point, uh, Ant-Man teams, uh, is talking to, you see Ant-Man talking to Winter Soldier, like, you sure this is like, this will work, don't worry. And then you see, Sam Wilson, Captain America, go to go to evil Hydra. Oh, Cap. yeah, yeah. He's in his outfit, too. Yeah, he's wearing yeah. his Captain America outfit. And he says, okay, well, you're here to fight me, too, Sam. No, I have something for you. And he holds up the last shard of the Cosmic Cube. I had this. I want to give it to you. I, I give up. It's like, I didn't Hail expect. Hydra. Hail Hydra. It's like, I didn't expect this, Sam. This is beautiful. We can remake the world together. I'm glad you saw the light. This is hey, great. Hydra's a runaway, a runaway train, man. I just want to get off. This is, this is it. This is my stop. So... He gives him the shard. He takes it, opens up his chest cavity, takes the shard, puts it in the cube. He's like, oh, yes. Puts the whole cosmic cube in his chest and uses it to rewrite the world into Hydra Central. 
Oh yeah, the whole history of the entire world has changed. Yep. Everything is. Everyone loves Hydra. Yep. And if you weren't on board, you're actually erased from existence. Yep. World history's so, changed. Re monuments yeah. are rewritten. Um, the Lincoln Memorial becomes like the Hydra Supreme Memorial. You yeah. know, everything is just completely rewritten. Yeah. He's like the uh, the, uh, the Washington Monument starts looking funny. Yep. Yeah. It looks oh, like a Hydra weird like... spirally phallus. It's all creepy. Yeah, it's all vain. It's supposed to be like stuff. a bunch of great. snakes wrapped around each other. Yeah. There you go. I think that's what it is. Sure. Anyway, that happens. He's like crying. Oh, it's so beautiful. And that's when the Superman three moment happens. Kobik, who is inside the cube all the time with the good Steve Rogers personality, uh, good Steve Rogers, because you actually see Ant-Man like talking, no, oh, Cap, are you in there? Basically, and this makes no damn sense. <laughs> On top of the shard of the cosmic cube they gave evil Hydra Cap was Ant-Man in his tiniest form. So he couldn't see it. He wasn't looking for well, it. Well, and, anyway. and uh, what's his nuts? Oh, and he's Shunk Winter Soldier with him. Yes. So, who's Bucky? Uh, for those who missed that somehow. So when he put it, the shard of the cube, he put them in the cube somehow? Mm. Or maybe they willed that shard to put them in there? I don't know. It makes no damn sense. Well, to, to access the cube, all I have to do is physically touch it. I guess something so. like that happened. Yeah. So they start calling out to Cap, who they believe is in the cube for reasons they've explained, but they believe he's in there. Um, and so Kobik, they hear the voice. He convinces Kobik, we could do this. We could go toward the light. Cause I hear Bucky. And they like, you get the reverse of the scene where Cap's reaching for Bucky. When he falls off the plane, you get Bucky reaching for Cap and Cap grabs his hand and he gets pulled out. And that's when the Superman three moment happens. And when you actually like good Cap and bad Cap start fighting. Yep. And, uh, at that point, you know, it's like, oh, you get... Because as soon as that happens, like, good after Good Cap comes out, the Cosmic Cube disappears. Because Kobik takes it away. Because she is the Cosmic Cube. She's like, I'm out of this joint. Boom. He's like, oh, I lost all my uh, supermassive Saiyan powers. And Cap's like, oh, you are evil. You are not me. He's like, no, I am good. You are weak. You don't understand. But at this point, you can easily tell them apart now that conveniently, evil Hydra Cap is wearing green and gold armor. Mm-hmm. And, and it's drawn slightly differently. And it's drawn now slightly differently because he always looks evil. It reminded me a lot of the evil Captain America who was ret- – who- the Captain from the 1950s was retconned to be an evil Captain America because in the 1950s, Cap was very anti-communist. And actually, they stopped writing Captain America at that time. So, But they wrote in it that, there, that during the 50s, there was an evil Captain America who uh, – fought against communists but also like hated brown people and stuff and mm-hmm. it was pretty it, it was okay it was a 70s plot um so they've already have they already have an evil cap he died so i guess they couldn't reuse him but now they have a new evil cap but it reminded yeah, me yeah, a lot be, yeah, of because, one of those uh, fights you, you didn't you didn't say what happened at the fight at the end of the fight i haven't even got that far i was just segueing into there's already been an evil cap that good yeah. cap had to fight and this fight was so exactly like those old 1970s, 80s books where he was fighting the 1950s evil cap that I was like, oh boy, yay. It was a very boring fight. They smack each other around a bit, and of course, good cap gives the I'm good, you cannot beat me because you're evil in Hydra speech. Beats him, and as soon as he beats him down, Kovic shows up and says, 
yeah, this is all wrong, and I'm fixing it. And basically all the uh, the rewritten Hydra history, all the monuments get rewritten back to how they are now. Cracked, destroyed, broken from all the superhero fighting. She can't make it nice. No, no, no. So she, she could have if she wanted to. She could have. She fixes all the changed history um, and lets everyone know that, hey, this was wrong. This was not the actual Captain America. And she's gone. Well, that, that whole fight was televised. Right. And then she leaves. So evil Hydra Cap is still around. He's taken into custody. Oh, wait, wait. Did, didn't she bring some people back to life? Like Rick Jones? He's yeah. The well, they imply that. They don't explicitly show yeah. it. Well, no, they actually show it in a panel. Where he's they? like, whoa. Oh, it was a brief thing. Yeah, they brought back Rick yeah, Jones and a few other guys that got killed. Jack Flag. But uh, not Black Widow. Right. They didn't they, show her coming they back. They didn't show her coming back, and that's why like, Hawkeye's like looking for her at the end. Yes. But honestly, with how she got taken out like a punk, who cares? Uh, with her inconsistent character, it was probably a scroll. It had to be. Had to be a scroll. That's all I could think. There you go. Boom. Scroll. Scroll. Uh, anyway. So that noise happens. They Superman 3, Evil Cap versus Good Cap. But nothing gets resolved. Nothing gets fixed. Everyone remembers all the evil Hydra crap. Um, well, what I did like, there was one thing I liked. One thing. One thing. Wow, really? One thing I liked. Lay it on me. It showed how evil Cap was able to pick up Thor's hammer. Because that, he rewrote the oath? Well, he didn't. When he was going... It actually... Well, I thought this actually was an interesting part. It was the only interesting part. It, it kind of showed, back in time, how when... Evil Steve Rogers went to pick up Thor's hammer. He was pretty sure he himself that he was doing the right thing. He grabbed the hammer, picked it up, and it worked. He's like, yes, and, and Thor at that point was like, oh, hell, because he can't pick it up. But then it actually showed the scene from another angle where you saw Madame Hydra clutching a shard of the Cosmic Cube, which lets you rewrite history or rewrite reality in minor ways. And right before he grabbed the hammer, the writing on the hammer changed for whoever is worthy of the power of Thor. It said, whoever is strongest shall have the power of Hydra. So that's why he was able to grab it and pick it up. Because yep. she changed it. Right. And then, when... The way this fight ends with Evil Cap and Real Cap is Evil Cap runs, you know, after getting beaten up for a while, goes to grab Thor's hammer and can't pick it up. He's no he's, longer the strongest. He's like, what? And that's when he kind of realizes what happened. As Good Cap grabs the hammer, picks it up, and smashes the crap out of him. Actually, I think he says, here, let, let me get that for you. Yeah, he says, let Picks me get it up it. and beats him in the face with it. Right, let me get that for you. Smashes him. The reason he doesn't die is because it cracks his his iron hydra armor off of him. Okay, I'll buy that. Uh, but Gunkai says, no evil capture redemption arc, just first fight and we win. All the crap you went through means nothing, it's just crap. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, just crap. It's just, all this crap happens for no reason, and there's no resolution, no one wins. They kept promising... This whole time. Oh, oh, wait. Let me finish It'll this. It'll be part. fine at the end. It'll be fine at the end. Yeah. Yeah, the kids' is fine, fine at the end. end. It's not. This book ends with Good Cap beating up Evil Cap, giving you a big speech. I was like, yay, yay. And then it goes on to like a four. Okay. And then it goes on to like a four page spread of. All the comics that are coming up. Yeah, they do so. And you never see Captain America again. It says, and Captain America, and it shows Sam Wilson Cap, not Steve Rogers. And the Avengers shows all the new guys, like the new Thor, uh, Reaver Williams, Iron Man. You know, basically, all, uh, the, the legacy has been passed on to new generations. Like, what the hell is this crap? 
we went through all this to see Steve Rogers capture her, come back and win the day. And it's like, okay, he's there. Boom, gone, don't care about you. Here's what we're pushing now. It's like, whoa. I went through a year of, I ate a year of crap to see Steve Rogers come out on top. And that's not what I get. I get Steve Rogers saves the day. and like, yeah, great, yeah, great old man. Get out of here. New cap. Remember how you didn't like this guy? He's better now. See? See, he planned. He had the whole plan. No, that guy spent eight issues dodging responsibility as Captain yes. America. Yes. He spent two, actually, one finally manning up and one actually doing something with someone else's plan. Yeah, it was travesty. And the plan he used was Winter Soldiers. Winter Soldier was actually Captain America for a while, and I liked him as Captain America. So, ah, they promised for months that the end would be worth the journey. Nick Spencer, uh, Joe Quesada, uh, who's the other guy's name? The other people in charge of Marvel are like, oh, man, you got to wait, wait. It's not great now, but wait till the end. You will love it. It's the best thing ever. Oh, my gosh. You just will not believe it. I got here. I believe it. I predicted it. It's crap. And it makes me hate Marvel. I've been a Marvel guy for life, but this is just too much in a row of them just spiking the, spiking it over and over again. Nick Spencer sucks. I mean, this is awful. He should die in a fire along with Galvatron ICU. I don't want anyone to die in a fire. I actually had a friend who died in a fire, so I don't like to use that phrase. Um, all right, all right. A, a, bad, a vat of acid then. All right, there you go. You don't know anyone who died in a vat of acid, right? Uh, No. Not personally. Okay, excellent. Bad of acid. <laughs> but, so, this is just terrible. There's no redemption. There's no character development. There's, uh, I guess they're trying to show consequences of actions, but not really. Hulk is still, I think Hulk is still dead. They're kind of teasing. He comes back as like Wolverine Hulk. Um, it's just bad. Bad, 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 bad. The spin-off books, like like other comics showing little side tie-in stories, were so much better than the main book, mainly because it wasn't dealing with the main stupid arc. And those that dealt heavily with the story were crap, because this is a crap storyline. The motivation always felt false. It always felt like it was, anytime you wave a magic wand and says this now happens, you just wait for the magic wand to get waved the other direction and say this does not happen anymore. There was no believable build-up to it. The rewrite of characters made just pulled you away from any agency or any care about what's going on. The art for most of the books was terrible. The art for issue 10 was good. Which is why I didn't mention who the art well, artist was. Paco Medina. Who was good, who I love him and everything else he does. But this book is crap. And I feel sorry for, for the artist having to be involved in it. The number one redeeming feature of this book is the art. And, and it doesn't it, even really redeem it. No, it's not. It just, yeah. You could grab individual panels and say, that's a cool panel. Don't read any of the dialogue. No. Don't, and Don't definitely know not the story. On. Yeah, it's story. just, it's a bad book. It was a bad storyline. It's a bad conclusion. It's bad. Everyone involved in it should feel bad. And they should be told that they are bad people. They should be forced to wear signs and paraded through the streets so everyone knows, well, not the streets, through the Comic-Cons so everyone knows who's responsible. That's hyperbole, I know. 
but it's very bad. Feldar <laughs> says, I thought that DeGarth would say the number one dreaming feature is that there will not be a number 11. There won't be, but there is! With Secret Empire Omega, you can see the results of the aftermath and all the people of Secret Empire, because I know what you want more is more Secret Empire. Because any time right. someone starts kick it, kicks you in the nuts, what you want to do is have someone start squeezing to make sure their testicles are still okay. That's what you want. Yep, that's exactly what's going to happen. They have the Omega, and that, that that's probably going to go for at least a half dozen episode uh, issues. Uh, and then then they have all of the uh, what do they, what do they call them? Uh, like debriefings or yeah 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 but it was called a something flashpoint or not flashpoint um vanishing point vanishing points yeah vanishing point episodes for all the books and on so you can see on how they changed from before to now like why just let it go right let no it one, die no one liked it you know let it die bury it say your words make the sign of the cross and move on but no right. we won't do that you don't see the making you know Green Lantern, uh, the movie, Vanishing Point, you know, web series. No, because everyone hated that film. And rightly so. It was a bad film. <sighs> what the hell? Just why? No one's going to buy it. No one bought this. Well, people bought it. Obviously, I did. But it sold like half of what the last big multi-arc series is. People are tired of big multi-arc series, especially crap ones. You have one once every decade, and you spend that time writing it. No, they have one a year nowadays. But this that's is not, this that's not that's that's what I mean. Like, you they have should one have every, like every one five to ten years. Yeah, every five to ten years, you have one and, big thing. Yeah, and you and you spend a couple years writing it, planning it. Right. And then you, when you execute, it, it's going to be good. And that was not this. No, that was crap. This All right, crap. Secret Empire Omega number one. Here's the tagline: Hydra has fallen, but the world is still not secure. As the heroes of the Marvel Universe stir from the wreckage of the battlefield, the inevitable rebuilding must begin. However, one question hangs in the air over the proceedings. What redemption can there be for Captain America? All right, he doesn't need redemption. Captain America didn't do crap. He was stuck nope. inside a cosmic cube. Yeah. Evil Hydra Cap. Evil Hydra. Captain Hydra. There's no redemption for him because he's fucking nope. evil to his core, and it's not his fault. It's how he was made. Yeah. Kobik did that. Yeah, Kobe, she should have undone it, ex- but she yeah. didn't. Well, Kobe's like, I'm fixing this. Fix you that! You fix it, stupid! You're still, you left evil cap right there. He's unconscious. Yeah, Sleep he's right the there in front of you. Him. You know? You could have just slipped him away because you're the one who created him out of nothing. Turn him back into nothing. When when the nope. dog takes a dump in the living room, you don't say I'm fixing it by taking the dog outside. You clean up the poo. Yeah. And that, I believe, is the poo. most apt analogy i can give for the secret empire someone who didn't clean their poo yeah it's it's well that's all i have to say about that if i could point uh, five star well the art's good one. the art's really the art's really good one one star because <laughs> the art's pretty good duncan i was just sad now well you're going to be happier in a minute once we get to rng you know what made me sad I'm not gonna say because it'll make Heathen Dog cry. All right, well, if you want more, if you want more Garthon, you can always check out Garthon's team up videos with that Heathen Dog cat. He's pretty sweet. On the YouTubes, where you can watch us play some awesome Foundry missions and the occasional absolute mind-destroying clunker. Triggered. Uh, <laughs> wait, Beldar says wait, 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 wait. All right, what is Beldar? 
What do you got? I'm waiting. Uh, but also, uh, check out me streaming Sunday at 9 p.m. C- uh, Central, 10 Eastern, uh, where I'm doing Final Fantasy 14. If you're going to make Heathen Dog cry, we need to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Ha 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 ha. Uh, Duncan Idaho said it for for me. I don't have to say it. Uh, all right, Duncan Duncan Idaho. It's not Duncan Idaho. Baldahar. If you want to see Heathen Dog lose it, yes, like, you want to see me lose my freaking mind. Wait till you... Wednesday. No, actually, yes. I know Thursday. Thursday. Well, Thursday is when you're gone. Wednesday yeah, is yeah. when no, you no, say no. you're leaving. No, no, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is when it's all coming out. I I bail Thursday. So Thursday is when I lose my mind. Uh, 8 a.m. Eastern time, you'll be able to watch the YouTube video. <laughs> uh, watch watch Tuesday and Wednesday because you, you so can you see, have to see the lead up to why he loses lose our minds. <laughs> and, then, and then me finally, you know what? Screw this. I don't need this in my life, and I quit the game. So if you want to see him absolutely lose it, Foundry Team Up is where you're going. Worse than Darkest Dungeon? Yes. Yes, it was worse. It was worse than Darkest Dungeon. Darkest Dungeon was just me having a tiff. (laughs) This was beautiful. This this is actually me breaking down. (laughs) It's beautiful. Uh, So many great things. Uh, But also, I've been streaming Final Fantasy XIV. I'm actually thinking of switching games and kind of cooling on that. hate to say it. Um, I probably might move to something else. That's fine. Yeah, I don't know what yet. Anyway, but for right now, Final Fantasy XIV is the plan. Ah. I feel better. Let's go to the RNG. That'll make everything better. We get to talk about positive things now. Yes, got lots of positive things. We do. Because Heathen Dog is going to regale us with something that needs to be regaled upon. It's Terrence David John Pratchett in the RNG. What's going on with that, yes. Heathen Dog? Well, uh, talking with uh, with Duncan Ahedo a little, a little earlier... And uh, he's he's a big fan, and everyone should be a big fan. And so I decided that I'm, in my RNG, I'm going to help everyone get into the Discworld series of books. Now, uh, if you don't know, Sir Terrence David John Pratchett, uh, he he died recently, a couple years ago, of uh, complications due to Alzheimer's. That's the story. I don't think so. I don't think I think he killed himself. Well, because he talked about doing that, except that in the UK, suicide is illegal, and your family can be punished if you do it. Wow, that's jacked up. No, it's serious. It's totally, totally serious. Well, I know that suicide actually is illegal in America as well, but they don't yeah, come after your, your family. But your family if you can't do it. be, you know, can't be prosecuted or jailed. In the UK, it's different. That's messed up. Yes. So, That's why we left those tea drinking bastards. Yes, he actually he actually talked about going into his garden, uh, drugging up with some wine and drinking it and just letting go. He talked about doing that, but he can't because the law is the law. So so he died of a complication of Alzheimer's. No, he killed himself. Anyway, uh, his his work is a testament of brilliance. It definitely is. Uh, th- this is just these are just some of his books you, you can see on. Uh, on the slide here. And this is just one of the, one of the pictures I found on the internet interwebs and uh, his, his most famous work is for Discworld. Uh, uh, dozens of books set in the same world, all from different points of view. Now I, I got us a chart. If we check out our chart, that is I got a us hell a chart, of a chart of these different points, of, points of view. Now, if you're going to start the series, I recommend you start with the color of magic. All right. It's an excellent jumping off point. And you, you can see it in the top left corner. 
it's an excellent jumping off point. It, ex- it explains it explains the city, the world. It, it, it gives you a general overview of everything you everything you're going to need to know. All right. Now, after that, bail on wizards. Bail. The wizards are stupid. <laughs> so just, just the first dumb. book. Just just a first book. Then bail on the whole wizard storyline. Really? Uh, all all of the as, as you can see, all of the different genres are are circled in a gray border. Yes. Okay. Wizards and heroes lose it. Okay. Lose it. Just forget it for later. Uh, witches also stupid. The, now the the witches themselves, unlike the wizards, are intelligent and capable. You know, ma- magic using beings. It's just all of their stories suck. So move on. Now death. The the the, the whole the whole death uh death view of the world that was excellent excellent read the whole thing read all of them now as you can see uh some some of the uh some of the uh, some of the books are colored in a yellow yeah those are the starting those books. are the yeah those are the starter ones you have to start with those if, if you're going to follow the storyline you have to start because the these these uh, uh reintroduce the world from from that main character's point of view so you understand what they're going and you understand the arc of the series now my favorite by far is the watch it it centers around uh sam vimes who is uh who in the beginning in guards guards is a uh, is the night watch captain and it, it centers around him how he uh how he thinks how how he thinks a, a city should be protected and he and his his force of nature stride toward uh, making uh, the, the the city of Ankh-Morpork that is chaotic by nature more ordered with just his force of will. It's amazing. It's an amazing story arc. It goes really well throughout the entire thing. It's cool. Now, on the other side of that, if you're on, if you're a fan of chaos, you should you should go with the Moist von Lipwig storyline because it's pretty funny. And uh, it starts with going postal, then it goes to making money, raising steam, and then after that, I believe is going to be raising taxes. There's a book that's coming up, but they don't have any upcoming books on this chart. Only books that exist right now. Uh, Lipwig is a is a con man who is who is forced by the leader of the city to revamp all of the city services, starting with the post office, then the banks, and then creating a rail system. Uh, where where Ank- where Ankhmore Pork is the center of the rail system, and everything going out goes to other major cities, cr- uh, make, making An- Ankhmore Pork the most important city in the land. It's really cool. It's it's a it's an intro. It's like a uh, industrial revolution storyline. That sounds good, and it's pretty cool. So yeah, go ahead and uh, if you want if you want to buy buy these books, first buy the Color of Magic, then buy Guards Guards, then buy Mort. Now, whichever storyline you wanna you wanna go on, either Mort or Guards Guards, then please go. Buy the other books in, the, in that series, and after you're done, fi- buy the other books in, in another series. I, I gave you this guide, so so you're not hitting and missing like, oh crap, it's a witch episode. I didn't know that, and then oh oh man, more wizards, idiots. All right, the, I, this, I, the, I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, what like age levels would you recommend these books for? Oh, um. This is well. It, it deals with a lot of uh, high concept stuff, uh, but it's not necessary to get enjoyment from it. So I'd say uh, late elementary, early middle school. So you're saying like someone who could enjoy uh, the original Dragonlance Chronicles? 
Yes, yes, but a 12, 12 and thirteen would be would be the minimum for me to where I would say that. Sure, you could probably read it earlier, but you're not going to get it enough to really get the enjoyment out of it that you should. All right. So twelve or thirteen is the minimum I would go for this. Now I have a daughter who devours novels, and she's actually oh, yeah. gone through the Harry Potter books. The uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's the the, the the other shit about the kid with the lightning gods and the Greek gods and stuff. Oh, uh, Percy Jackson. Yeah, she's gone through all the Percy Jackson books. So I might get her into this. Hey, go for it. How old is she? Uh, 11. Turning 12 in a couple months. Okay, then she's gold. Oh, she's 10, I mean, turning you, you, 11 you in a obviously, You obviously, and your viewers out there, obviously, you, you know your child's reading level. You, you know their reading comprehension level. Uh, th- this, this is, at the minimum, a young adult series. So... Uh, introduce appropriately. There you go. All right. Uh, Duck Knight says older for moist and guards. There's some dirty stuff there. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But it's all it's all veiled. I mean, if, if they're too young, if, if, if they're too young for that stuff, they're not going to get it. Yeah, I mean, I uh, first read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when I was in first grade, and all the dirty bits went way over my head. Yeah, over your head. You can still get enjoyment up, but you're not going to get it. Yeah, I love the book, but I didn't get... Yeah. Uh, the eccentric Columbus, the triple-breasted whore of Rock on Six, I didn't ex- get what that meant. Mm-hmm. I just thought she was a lady with a crazy name. And silence. Yeah, and uh, I believe in, in, in Guards, Guards, it does touch on prostitution, but it it immediately pivots to, uh, to no, 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 those aren't women of the night. Those are, those are the mothers and sisters and daughters of, of people who died in the watch. And uh, Sam Vimes is paying part of his salary to these people every week. So it pivots very quickly from that on right. guards, guards. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, if, if, if they're if they're too young to to be to be introduced to stuff like that, uh, Terry Pratchett made sure he wrote it to where they're not going to get it if they don't already if they don't already know it, they're not going to get it. And always, as always, if you're a parent, read it first. Exactly. Unless you're like a really slow reader, then, you know, then obviously you probably don't care anyway. That's not true. That's that's an, just because you read slows me you don't care. But usually if you have a kid who reads a ton, there's usually at least one parent who reads a ton too. Right. Usually. Not always. Yeah. Usually. No. Genetic sport. Could be true, but also it's like that's almost like especially nowadays it's almost like learned behavior. If you see like your dad reading the newspaper every day, you'll think, oh, that's what people do, and you read, try reading the paper or read books all the time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, is there anything... sorry, I keep interrupting you. No, but that's have... fine. That's but it. I have questions. We're good. We're good. I, I just want everyone to see this chart so they can plan appropriately which which books they want to buy to make sure if, if you like a series, hey, you know what? Buy, buy all the main books for 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 all the all the different all the different subgenres, and then buy the rest of the books and the ones you like. There you go. Done. Yeah, I, I think I definitely need to check this out. I've heard because I've actually never read the Discworld books. That's something I've heard oh, wow. of for years. I've read the Piers Anthony books, the Tolkien books. You know, I've read most of the stuff. I never read the Terry Pratchett stuff. I was always reading other stuff. I think while my friends were reading Terry Pratchett, that's when I was on a big Asimov kick. My friends mm-hmm. hadn't got to Asimov yet, so I, you know, just, you know, read a couple of Pern books. Those were okay. Mm-hmm. Alright, thanks, Ethan Dog. You are welcome. Alright, what I have for us in RNG today is Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan Director's Cut is being re-released in theaters. Boom. I meant to talk about this. I would have talked about this last week, but I wasn't here. So, when is it being released? September 10th and 13th. That's it. Two days only. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, as of this live stream. 
and the 13th, which is Tuesday? Tuesday? No, Wednesday. Wednesday. That's when it's in theaters. Uh, AMC yep. is doing it. Um, there's another theater chain doing it. Um, but it's the 35th anniversary of Star Trek The Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. It is, I'm not even going to say arguably, it is unarguably the best Star Trek film. I agree. And a lot of people say this is because it's not even a Star it's a sci-fi film that has Star Trek in it, which honestly is how every Star Trek film should be made, as yeah. a sci-fi film with Star Trek in it. Star Trek 1 was made that way, though. But that but was like it, a... It, yeah, it, well, it, had, I actually, it had pacing problems. Yeah, we've had this conversation. I liked yeah. the motion picture. Yeah, I didn't. It, it was too slow. It is it, slow. It, it, too, too, much, too much crap in it that, that was just thrown in for no reason. Well, yeah. we've had the conversation before, but my defense of that is always, if you look at when it was released and the circumstances it was released under, there had been no original track for a decade or so. And so the fans just ate up that like eight minute log pan of the Enterprise. You know, they lost their they lost their nuts over it. They're like, oh, my God, ah! you know, because it was the first thing they'd seen for so long. That film, there's actually is a, uh, a rogue re-edit of the Star Trek the motion picture. Oh, this is a side note. But there's a rogue re-edit of that that really cuts out a lot of those long blank scenes and just makes them very short and tight. It cuts like 30 minutes out of the movie and makes it a much better film. Nice. But anyway, let's dive here to there. We're talking about a good film. And arguably the best film. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan Director's Cut. Um, everything in it, the best scenes. And I just want to make people aware, this is now. This is coming. I bought tickets. Uh, I'm actually taking my oldest daughter to see it for the first time. Uh, she's actually currently watching uh, the original series episode Space Seed right now. Nice. So, so tomorrow, when we, she doesn't need to. There's no background you need for this. but So I'm going. Well, no. If you if you've seen the original episode where where Khan was in, yeah, then, 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 you, then you understand Chekhov's aha moment. Yeah. Botany Bay. Right. Botany Bay. Oh no. Right. <laughs> it's well, it's great. funny. The first time I saw Wrath of Khan, I had never seen Space Seed. Oh. I was okay. a kid, but I'd never seen Space Seed. And I was like, so to me, it was all mysterious. And then when I saw Space Seed, I was like, oh, I had like a reverse reaction. It's like, because they're going through like it says it's the SS, you know. Uh, Botany Bay, and I'm like, <gasps> you know, then I was punked for the whole episode after that. Um, that's kind of a reverse reaction, I guess. So she's watching yeah. the episode. I just want to talk about this because as a sci-fi nerd, or as a nerd in general, this is kind of like one of the touchstones of nerd culture. Um, yelling con at things. Um, talking about the mind worms going people's ears. Right. There's a lot of stuff that comes from that. And I think it's really great that they're actually re-releasing this film on its 35th anniversary. And I really would like to see more of that. Not right, this film being released every five years or something, but I mean, taking... When you have big landmarks. Yeah, taking you know? landmark films and like a 20th, 50th anniversary, re-releasing the theater for a day or two. Because most pe- uh, honestly, most people are going to shrug and say, oh, that's kind of neat. But for the big fans of the film, it's a real treat. Like, I actually re-saw a re-release of uh, Casablanca in the theater. And it wasn't some stupid, dirty art house theater. It was a big old, giant THX AMC theater. And that was awesome. You know? Uh, kind of like the original vision of the film. Because I've only seen it on TV before that. So it was great to get that theater experience. And I think that that's 
some and especially nowadays the prevalence of streaming and direct to DVD or if you want to see this 30 year old film, hell, buy the DVD, hell, stream it, rent it online, you know, so you own it for two days and you can't see it again. You have so many options, but nothing beats that theater experience. Actually, the fir- the first time I saw Star Trek Two was in a drive-in. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it on cable first time. Mm-hmm. I would have liked it, but so I've never seen this in the theater. I'm pretty pumped. Um, the only other big film I could think that got a really awesome re-release was the original trilogy. Because um, they did the big re-release for the original Star Wars trilogy. With the re-edits, which were terrible. Crap. Yep. But when I was in high school in Phoenix, there's it's still there. There's a theater called the Cine Capri. The Cine Capri was part of a local theater chain, a big local theater chain called Harkins. The thing was the biggest movie theater I've seen in my life to this day. The screen was bigger than an IMAX screen. Freaking insane. Right? It's meant to be like... it's. It, I don't think they really... I gotta guess they lose money in the theater because it's so big and so fancy and so nice. And every couple years, well, the new one is even better than the old one. But the old one was still huge; it was almost IMAX size, but much wider because that anyway, giant theater. They would actually reshow the original Star Wars trilogy before the re-edits, like every couple years, and it was just awesome to go in there, watch the Star Destroyer go over, duh, 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 and it just blows you away. Because totally, if you've seen it on TV, it's like, oh, it's been, that's neat. Seeing the theater, is like, oh, holy crap. So, that's the kind of experience you could only get in a theater. And that's why I'm yes. so pumped. I want to talk this to the RNG. Star Trek 2, Rathacon, Director's Cut. Go see it. I don't care if you've seen the film before. If you're any kind of nerd, take the time. you got two days. You'll be surrounded by your fellow nerds. Go see it. Have a good time. Hopefully, I'm, my only fear is that there'll be a bunch of nerds in the theater that will talk during the whole film, have stupid commentary, and during the cut, we'll be like, "Come on!" <laughs> I will punch them. I will throw my freaking drink at those people, and I'll get a large so I get a free refill afterward. <laughs> nice. Just saying. If you go to a theater, show some freaking class, people. Don't talk to the film. This ain't the Rocky Horror. No one wants to hear your dumbass commentary. If you have dumbass commentary, get a freaking live stream. <laughs> Any comments, Ethan Dog? No, we're good. We're good. Duck and I said they show with robot puppets, bad sign. Oh, God, you're right. <laughs> I just got the full extent of that. <laughs> they sit in the front row, so you have to look at their shadows the whole yep. time. Exactly. Uh, can you really MST3K? Well, I guess you could the Rathacon. It's a good yeah, film. Yeah, you, you could. You could. You could. I'm I'm not a big fan of the new MST3K, by the way. The, I haven't the seen it. I haven't seen it. I'm not. Uh, I mean, I I like uh, Felicia Day, and I like what's his name. I'm blanking on his name. Will Wheaton. No, no, no. The the famous comedian. Dang it. I I the guys do the do the current host. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've yeah, heard, I like, middling stuff on the show. Like, it's all yeah, right. I didn't. I, I watched an episode. I was like, this is not good, really. All right. Well. But, uh, Patton Pat, Oswalt. Thank you very much, Duncan. Yes, Patton Oswalt. I love his stuff. 
It's just, nah, nah. I'm just okay with Patton Oswalt. He's all right. He's all right. All right. So, if you like this, and you should, if you're, well, I'm not going to say everyone likes it. Only, like, really smart, really good-looking people like this. But if you happen to be one of those, you could get more on Twitch TV. We are streaming every single day of the week. Uh, check out our videos on YouTube. we got a ton of them. Uh, live streams, playthroughs, uh, all sorts of different contributors. You could watch uh, Noro playing Cat Quest. You could watch Max Leo playing Mech Warrior. or he doesn't want you to watch that. Uh, just kidding, he wants you to watch everything. Or currently he's playing through... Help me out, heathen dog. What? Playing through what? Uh, uh, Starport Gemini. Yes. 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 You can watch that. Um, so lots of videos to watch. Hundreds of hours of content. Most of it's very good. Not going to say all of it. I'm going to be honest with you people. That's me. Honesty. Mean. 98% honest. 98%. That's a really high amount. It is. 90% of the time. So, um, you can check check out our Reddit. If you so are inclined. It's Championed by Heathen Dog. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Drops a line. We'll top your line not, back. Not lately. I've had major computer problems lately. That is true. Yeah. Darkest Dungeon hated him so much it broke his computer. It broke my computer. I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I uninstalled it, and then none of my Word would open, and uh, my, my OBS would crash. The Dark Lord my, beat my, you so hard my, my you took out your would computer. Just restart for no freaking reason. Temperature was fine. It was just no screw it. Restart. So I had to I had to reformat my hard drive. It was nuts. The Dark Lord beated him so hard it took out his computer. The OS couldn't handle it. Nope. Oh my gosh. 100% minus 5 equals 10%. 10 is the number of secret empire. My parents had an empire. Oh God. Right. Thank you, Duncan Idaho. All right. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter. You can tweet us at Legion of Myth. We will tweet you back. We do the tweets. We love the tweets. Well, we don't say we love them. We're fond of them. Uh, Discord, Facebook Messenger. We are ac- pretty active on that if you talk to us. And you can check out our Steam community.com slash group slash Legion of Myth. Audio version available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music. If you get the uh, audio version through iTunes, go ahead. If you are so inclined, drop us a five-star rating. Leave a little review. That does help us out. We would do the same for you, kids. As always, if you want to support us, you can support us through Twitch, through patreon.com slash legionofmyth, a Streamlabs donation. The links are all here, PayPal. Or you could get our gear and rep the Legion of Myth and show your support and just what an erudite individual you are. Yes. At shop.spreadshirt.com slash legionofmyth. You can show that you are a hardcore killer with your heathen dog shirt or an intelligent, sophisticated man about town with your Garthon shirt. Just saying. Or uh, you, you can show that you are a hooligan with your hoodie. Oh, you can. You can indeed show you are a hooligan. So, as always, Max Leo and Noro Ryokus. I probably said that wrong. Uh, have their own streams, of course. Max Leo streams Tuesdays and Fridays at 1900 Central. Uh, currently, it's to be decided or back warrior, depending on how he's feeling that day. Uh, upcoming October is Star Wars Battlefront 2. Battlefront 1 was so good that they made a second. Okay, the first one <laughs> yeah. sucked balls. Everyone knows it. it sucked balls. But 2 but has, actually has, has a story. Yeah, he has a little hope for 2, so that, that's why he pre-ordered it. From what I've seen, I have a little hope for it. You could say that it gives me a new hope. Nice. That, that was good. <laughs> uh, you can also check his YouTube Let's Play currently, a Starpoint Gemini Warlords. I found it interesting. Yeah. doesn't look like my kind of game, but I've liked his playthrough. It's been interesting. 
Um, also, Nora Rearcuse is streaming Cat Quest Wednesdays at 1900 Central. Uh, well, this is Central European time, so it's still uh, noon noon Central time U.S. Is that what CET means? Yeah, Central European time. Oh, I thought it was Cat Entertainment Television. <laughs> Could very well be that too, but yeah, Central right. European time. Uh, but yeah, uh, currently Cat Quest. It's been kind of fun watching her. Recently, she's been getting eaten by dragons. Yeah, she actually she actually just uh, just finished it. Did she? Because the last one I saw, she got eaten by dragons. Oh, well, yeah, she, she, she came back and won, won the day. I like that. But, so uh, she, she'll be com- going back to World of Tanks. Uh, upcoming World of Tanks, where she destroys the competition and mocks them for their failures. Yes. She's mean. I like that. And she gets a lot of trees. She does, but the trees had it coming. Sure. Ah, and we'd like to special thanks to our top subscribers, Hicks206, Elgarian, Sheris, their streamlines, Baldahar, Erwin Rommel, McCool's Hera, Magical Cat Girl Fanboy, Spectral Fire, the Level 99 Cat Girl Armor Lover. Oh, yes. Ooh, and dirty. also, Heathen Dog through PayPal, Al51. So, Heathen Dog, mi compadre, do you have any yes. final words of wisdom? Uh, keep your head down. If you can't think of anything intelligent to say, shut your pie hole. Everything will work out. Just remember, kids, there's a light at the end of the tunnel because Secret Empire is over. That's Everything's better now. Secret Empire is done. Yeah, there's no Omega. It, that's okay. That's just aftershocks of the earthquake. Yep, yep. It's fine. Just brace yourself every now and again. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. Thank you, everyone, for paying attention. Thank you guys for kindly stopping in. Valdahar. Duncan Idaho, thank you so much for being in the chat with us. It's always fun to talk with everyone there. As always, you can join us when we stream this at 9 p.m. Eastern on Saturday nights. The Heathen Dog will be gentle with you, I promise. Cool. That's right, Duncan Idaho. Secret Empire is done. Now the healing process can begin. With Sam Vimes, that's right. Buy it, mow it, love it. Love it. Thank you, everyone. Remember, you have one life. Live it well. Live it nerdy. Have a great journal and novel.